What's up guys? I'm back. It's a vigorous Q&A. My internet was a little bit dodgy just now. So uh, fingers crossed everything is going to turn out okay. Um, if you wonder what happened to the live stream of last Wednesday, that got deleted. Um, I said some things that I shouldn't have said and I don't want to get myself into stupid trouble. So that <laughs> live stream is gone with the wind. Uh, we didn't really discuss anything uh, specific anyway because I just wanted to get some camera experience again because after a week of going to Japan, I felt a little bit rusty sitting here recording YouTube videos. So uh, thanks so much for participating. We had 1,400 people join in over the course of almost two hours. And um, I got my mojo back, so I recorded five videos since then. Those will be dropping from next week onwards. All right, a lot of questions, so let's just get right into it. Darius asks, six months of Accutane completely cleared my acne eventually, but I still have tiny uninflamed un nodules left very deep under the skin in some places. Am I in the clear or could acne return from those bumps? Now, that's probably just a bum in the sebaceous gland that's left behind. So if you have those tiny, um, you know, nodules, that's just um, muck, basically, garbage stuff that is there so you might have to um, surgically remove those one by one unfortunately uh, similar to a sterile abscess basically you would have to make a tiny incision you can do that with a needle and then pop it and remove it that way so if you have a lot of uh, you know nasty acne like that you might have to go to a therapist or um, you know ask your girlfriend to remove it for you because um, these nodules are not going to go away by themselves. Even if you fast for a month, these nodules will remain behind. These are part of acne scars. So get them removed somehow, some way, and then the entire area can heal and your skin should look um, nice and smooth. Next one from Darius. Let me increase the size of this stream a little bit. Uh, let me zoom out so I can read it properly. All right, here. Uh, opinion on feeder workouts. <laughs> uh, every time I heard the word feeder, I have to think about some skinny guy feeding a super chunky old lady, right, with cake and all kinds of garbage. Everybody, anybody watch uh, Seven? Right, that was a good, was good, a uh, good deadly sin. All right, feeder workouts. Additionally, um, two to three sets for a small body part three to four times a week in addition to the main workout. Yeah, you can do that if you're in a caloric uh, surplus and you have some amino acids or essential amino acids, right? A branch chain amino acids or some sugar at the end of the workout. Maybe you take insulin and you want to, uh, you know, make sure that you keep the pump going in, um, you know, weaker or smaller body parts as the insulin is working and you're burning through your uh, intra-workout with essential amino acids and the high brain cyclic dextrins, dextrose, glycerol, sodium, etc. Maybe some anadrol, you know, let's keep that between us. If you're doing that, uh, go ahead. But if you're in a caloric deficit, you need to save your volume for uh, the body parts that matter. You're not probably going to build so much muscle tissue when you're in a caloric deficit unless you're, unless you're really hitting the tremble on the sandwich hard. And then uh, you might have some energy left in you for two or three sets post-workout on small body parts. But yeah, give it a try. I've tried it for many, many times. For calves it works, for biceps it works, but it, it, it's in my case. But for uh, triceps it didn't work, for chest it didn't really work. Uh, but now that I'm on the Incrolex gain train, I might, uh, you know, I, maybe I should be doing some feeder workouts because I have some essential amino acids in your workouts to keep the pumps flowing. 
Next one from Darius. Can low sexual unbinding globulin be the singular cause for low libido or should I look somewhere else? My other parameters aren't arranged and yet um, this libido is low. Okay, so that's the end of the question, dot, dot, dot. Uh, it, it could be the singular cause if everything is in range. But if your SHBG is low, um, again, you know, not everything related to your libido you can determine from your blood work parameters. If prolactin is fine, estradiol is fine, your overall sex hormone and neurosteric balance is fine, but your caloric intake has been chronically low, um, or you've been reducing your fat intake to basically zero, yeah, don't expect too much libido. Maybe you're highly stressed. Maybe there's so much other issues going on that just, um, you know, prevent your penis from homing into a vagina and... Unfortunately, there's no libido as a result of that. So uh, try to raise your SHBG with the suggestions I made in the SHBG video. So long story short, testosterone, ectosterone, selective estrogen receptor modulators, maybe bring your estrogen a little bit higher. Um, infrequent administrations of testosterone, if you're on diet or testosterone derivatives, take those out because your SHBG, no matter how you're going to cut it, um, is going to be single digits or bottom in the tens, you know, 10, 12, 11, 13, that's about it. So look into all the other options, watch some of the libido videos. And if you think it's related to SHBG, watch the SHBG videos to get some ideas. And then, um, you know, bring your uh, SHBG up that way. And fingers crossed, it's going to work. Thyroid medication is also a way to increase your libido, but that comes with its own issues. Next one from Darius. Man, it's like a Darius question flood. Uh, is this a con controversial statement? S23 is the only SARM worth the trouble. Well, if you're taking S23, that's probably the reason why your SHBG is low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, SARMs unfortunately lower your SHBG quite a bit. You'd think they're selective androgen receptor modulators, right? But they also lower your SHBG. That's not an androgen receptor, but it is responsive to androgens. That's why it's called the sexual binding globulin receptor. Strange, right? Right. People make you believe that S uh, SARMs would only act on the androgen receptor, but it ruins your lipids and lowers your SHBG just the same. Uh, I've never tried S23. I think this is the one with ocular changes, just like Clomid. Uh, so I imagine running S20, or was that S4? Uh, so many abbreviations, dude. Um, you know, if they were approved, that would have, you know, a proper name. So let's see, uh, uh, the only SARM I've tried is Osterine and MK677, which technically isn't the SARM. And I tried, did I try LGD? I think I did uh, a long time ago, maybe a couple days. Uh, yeah, no results comparable to oral steroids, but worse blood work parameters. And Osterine actually made me weaker. So uh, I don't think SARMs are the trouble or worth the trouble, any of them. There is as somebody is very slow twitch muscle fiber dominant. Does that mean they will automatically be able to recover from more volume than they were uh, with fast twitch muscle uh, dormant side? Jesus fuck! <laughs> if they have fast twitch muscle fibers, um, maybe but caloric intake and, and and steroid intake also plays a determining role. And I don't think you know, genetic analysis allows you to determine, but maybe I'm mistaken. I haven't done one myself. I should. I'll do one when I go to the United States. If you can even determine the difference between slow twitch and fast twitch, and if you have the A and B type. So, I don't know. I, I don't believe in ectomorphs. I don't really believe in slow twitch and fast twitch. I believe in, um, you know, incremental changes of your caloric intake and, you know, following micronutrient intake and uh, taking a little bit of steroids here and there and modulating your training volume. And then over a decade, you should look pretty good, right? But treat it like a job.
John asks, Anivar is known for sort of turning women into cold, emotionless robots, a.k.a. Varbots. The previous time he uh, asked this, he asked something like, um, do you know a lot of uh, women that suffer from Varbots syndrome? So I started looking for Varbots and I couldn't find anything. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck is this syndrome, dude? I never heard of Varbots, but it's Anivar robots. So this is the syndrome that it turns them into cold, emotionless robots. They get a very task-orientated, less empathy. Do you think this unique property of Anavar is something that all steroids can cause in women? Well, I mean, look at it this way. When women are on Anavar, they're probably in a caloric deficit. So they're also dieting, right? Most women would only use Anavar during a contest prep, or at least if they compete in the bikini class off-season, you kind of lay off of it. So you don't subject yourself to androgens 24-7 unless you run a very low dose, 2.5 milligrams, maybe year-round, to pack on a little bit of extra muscle tissue, you know, protein synthesis, collagen synthesis, all that good stuff, increase strength a little bit. Um, but in that case, the caloric intake is quite high. And the libido is certainly there. They're certainly not emotionless, or at least not from my experience. But yeah, you ramp up the anivar or any dose of anabolic angenic steroids, and you take the calories away, and you make them do you know copious amounts of cardio because their muscularity is so low that they need quite a bit of cardio to get lean. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? You know, very, women are usually very task oriented anyway. Uh, just ask my wife; she just you know does all the tasks. Uh, all the time, 24-7, and then everything is done and I can just focus on work. It helps a lot, uh, but she's still empathetic. And w whenever she would take Anivar in the past for experimentational purposes, she would also be, um, you know, emotional, you know, m emotionally mature and not have this emotionless, less empathy state. So, again, I can only compare to my wife and some of the women that I coached, but, you know, you really don't get into it with the women that you coach on that emotional level. I just tell them what to do. They execute, job done. So yeah, it could be, uh, but maybe the dose is too high and the calories are too low. Maybe flip that around, low dose Anivar, increase the calories and see if uh, their significant other is still, um, yeah, a Varbot. <laughs> what a name, dude. I like the term Fembots more though. They were shooting nipples. Anybody remember Austin Powers? That was a great movie. Zekabolic asks, last generation, Big's mistake was 500 tests and the Deannable Kickstart. <laughs> yeah, I found to remember. Actually, that's my generation, right? This generation is too much strain in arms. What do you think will be the next PED mistake uh, not many people are talking about yet? Um, peer pressure. I think, I think everybody's starting way too early now, you know? way too early i mean i see so many kids on SARMs and steroids just you know and just doing this trend challenge of course that falls under the, the, the too much strain and too much SARMs. but i think everybody's just starting too young now i mean kids on 13 14 16 years old taking steroids i think it's appalling but 20 25 years ago when i was around that age kids were taking steroids too but i think it's more now or we're more exposed to it because we have social media snapchat instagram youtube TikTok, right and people are documenting that shit. but i could i think i had at least a couple classmates that run steroids from their parents and when i was 18 there was also guys on steroids and of course they would say i'm not taking anything but it was so fucking obvious um you know, and then you see them a couple of years later and they completely disintegrate. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, uh, the biggest mistake is uh, probably listening to the, uh, the wrong people and not being patient and doing their due diligence researching because there's so much information out there nowadays. You really don't have an excuse unless you're stupid and then you have to learn the hard way. You guys hear that my cat? It's another cat outside. Let's see. Let's see if we can get it. Make a guest appearance. This is Skull Kid. He's a bit fat, right? Because you take everybody's food. But he loves me the most. Right? I shaved, so there's no there's no loving to give. Alright, you're gonna be with me or you wanna run around? Yeah? What is it? <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna put you outside. Because daddy's got to work, and this room is too dangerous. <laughs> yes, I talked to my cats. Okay. You got a problem with that? And then you're out of here. Okay, next one. Alex, uh, the female, the only, the only female in the figures crew. <laughs> Thanks for the tips on the Mod C. Uh, intramuscular, that completely got rid of the crazy swelling and a folliculitis looking inflammation. Yeah, I had to figure that out the hard way. In the first couple of times I did Mod C subcutaneous administrations, which is what they recommend. Um, man, it looked like I got hit by a baseball and uh, somehow, some way, that entire skin turned into the texture of a grapefruit with, again, with the cellulitis. So intramuscular seems to be the way to go, but if you mix it and inject it right away, you might still get some sort of anaphylactic reaction. So be careful. This is one of the reasons why I stopped MOTC. I just couldn't take it anymore. And even though it's so beneficial for fat loss, energy levels, especially especially if you combine it with NAD plus administrations and nicotinamide and mononucleotide to prevent NAD plus breakdown and have the building blocks for NAD plus. And then a 5-amino-1-MQ to prevent NAD plus recycling in adipose tissue. I mean, the amount of energy that you have is uh, should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget about Adderall or amphetamines. That is MOTC, 10 milligrams a week, 100, 150 milligrams 5-amino-1-MQ uh, per day, 200 milligram, or 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams NAD plus, IV once a week. And then let's say 500 to 1,000 milligrams uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide spread out over multiple meals. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Send me to jail. <laughs> Chris asks, evening, Steve. Uh, I seem to be getting some bad anxiety on ACG. Any dose from 200 to 500 IUs, worse than some former brands and others. Is it an alternative to preserve testicular function and fertility? Uh, you can look into recombinant luteinizing hormone, which is available but hard to come by. I don't think that most of the sources carry it. The sources carry follicle-stimulating hormone, recombinant, right, the Merck gonal F. But the Ovitrol, no, Ovitrol is HCG. The recombinant luteinizing hormone, I haven't really seen yet. Otherwise, I would have made the switch already. Um, so maybe switch to a different brand of HCG. If you haven't tried Merck Ovitrail, give that a try. Do subcutaneous administration to kind of prolong the absorption rate. And um, 
again, if you already tried some pharma brands, maybe it's not the best idea. I mean, you can look into inclomiphene monotherapy. I just made a video about inclomiphene versus ATG monotherapy and, and, and maybe give that a run. But you also have to check your clotting factors, which I will highlight in the video dropping next week, is that uh, CIRMs are terrible for clotting risk and lower your IGF-1 levels, increase your liver enzymes, uh, of course, you know, favorably modulate your lipid levels. But... Um, yeah, I don't honestly, I don't think it's sustainable. I prefer ATG more. And, you know, honestly, I didn't take ATG for over a decade and my fertility parameters still came back. Now, that's me anecdotally it might not work for you. But still, you know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, Chase Irons didn't use ATG for over a decade. And he got his wife pregnant a lot faster than I uh, will do. Because I think I'm a little bit behind on schedule. So don't worry. In a couple of days, another round of uh, inseminations will start to take place. Oh, yeah. Chris asks, shop cutaneous TRT from the pharmacy. Gives me painful marbles no matter the source. Tried pharma anethate in castor oil and grapeseed and underground MCT oil. Any idea what's happening? Should I switch to esters? Okay, so you're getting a bad response to ATG. And you're getting a bad response to TRT. It sounds like your immune system is starting to reject or reject the exogenous administrations. I would advise you to take a month off. Sometimes your immune system starts attacking everything that you inject um, intermuscular or subcutaneous because they're foreign bodies. And you need to let your immune system kind of calm down um, and not elicit this, what, what is it called? Um, innate immune system response when you're taking ATG or testosterone sub-Q or intramuscular. So why don't you try to take off for a month? The testosterone, the TRT and the HCG will still work for four to six weeks, even though by the four week mark, you might still feel androgen deficient. You might be able to get away with enclomiphene during this period. See if you like that. See if your LH and FSH levels come up as your testosterone levels decline from the HCG and the TRT administration. It's a worthy trial period. And then depending on how you respond in your LH levels and FSH levels turn out, um, maybe reintroduce TRT from exogenous testosterone, exclude the HCG and see how that goes. Um, and otherwise you might have to homebrew your own MCT or, um, you know, TRT without ethyl oleate, benzoyl benzoate or benzoyl alcohol, because maybe that's the sole cause of, um, you know, the marbles and the inflammation and the, the, the trouble with absorbing it. Right. If you haven't tried sesame oil yet or uh, cottonseed oil, maybe look into those. But it could be that you're simply allergic to benzoyl benzoate or benzoyl alcohol, which is usually found in formulations with castor oil, grapeseed oil, and even underground lab MCT oil. Right. Keep looking until you find the solution. Mudasar asks, hey coach, my blood work came back, SCPG is still 11, test 47 animals per liter, free test, blah, 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 all these levels. All right, don't have to read it out. Uh, 500 tests, 250 primo, 2 IUs GH, 8 IU Lantus, 100 micrograms T4. I've increased my calories from 2.3 calories to 3 cal uh, 3,000 calories. And I have to decipher all this shit. Fuck. Uh, and test from 250 to 500. Should I increase T4 to 200 micrograms to bring up my SHBG? Now, in this case, um, the Lantus, the primabolin, and um, is suppressing your estradiol more, or your SHBG more, than the thyroid uh, hormones are able to increase. So if you want it higher, you might need to take a serum to get an estrogen-like effect, even though your estradiol is already 
what you know a little bit out of the reference range it goes up to what 160 150 picomoles per liter on this um you know feminist no that's not feminist binary what, what is it called in the nanomoles right and the picomoles which i i rarely remember the exact ranges because i'm a nanograms and a picogram per milliliter guy my bad so you know maybe it's just time to throw in the towel dude and and even shbg at 11 it's not that bad where was it test free estradiol igf yeah, ssbg at 11. it's not that bad on a cycle like this you know it could have been worse could have been four <laughs> so could have been four maybe it's just time to take a break or maybe you continue as is and enjoy the anabolism because the stack is extensive and then um you know if you have libido issues then maybe just eat more you know again libido issues are multifactorial Second question, my IGF-1 is 25 nanomoles per liter on top of the reference range. Should I increase my GH a little bit more or is this fine? For your information, I've put on five kilos in the last six weeks by raising my testosterone and calories. Okay, so you're already eating a good amount of calories. Um, I would say if your IGF-1 is at the top of the reference range, I don't recommend or remember the nanomole per liter range off the top of my head. I know nanograms per milliliter being up to, uh, let's say, 300 nanograms per milliliter for your IGF-1. Uh, so if this is the top of the reference range, good on you. And if you're making gains, five kilos in six weeks, that's uh, close to a kilo per week or two pounds per week, I would say that's good. Keep going like that. And if you start stalling, maybe then you increase your growth hormone a little bit, you know, just step by step. You don't have to increase it arbitrarily because you want to make more gains because sometimes you make more gains, increases your body weight, and now you start to snore, now you get sleep apnea, now you get, uh, you know, uh, trouble walking upstairs. There's only so much muscle you can put on and the rest is just bloat, water weight, potentially a little bit of fat, and adding more growth hormone in when you're not stalling is not going to speed up fat loss because you're not there muscularity-wise yet or metabolism-wise yet to help um, burn off the fat that the growth hormone is going to liberate, right? You're still growing. You need to stall first, add in the growth hormone, then your weight will go up, then the fat loss will bring your weight down, you start recomping a little bit, and then the calories go up again, right? It's not rocket science. You just have to track everything, which is cumbersome, but that's the road you choose. Uh, Mudasar asks, if I'm taking 75 milligrams aspirin per day, 300 milligrams broken into four, is this good enough to keep clots away in general health? Any benefits or disbenefits? I don't like aspirin at all. At all. It, it lowers the um, stomach lining and thus can create stomach ulcers. And if you're taking oral steroids or other stuff that can give you acid reflux, I just recorded a video about how to mitigate acid reflux that will drop next week. Um, I don't like aspirin at all. Really, I would take that out. Look at the fish oil, look at the vitamin E. They're very beneficial to minimize clotting risks. And if you stay away from selective estrogen receptor modulators or other things that can increase clotting risk, then you should be fine, right? You stay hydrated, you don't let your real blood cell count and hematocrit could come up too high. You don't let your platelets go out of whack. You're on top of your vitamin K intake, um, you know, potassium, magnesium, all that's good stuff. You modulate your blood pressure. I think aspirin is just used by people who need a Band-Aid, a feel-good drug, to think that they're fixing an issue, but they're probably making your intestinal tract health worse. Watch that video, it will drop next week. Mudasar, again, uh, could you please tell me how to add my Patreon memberships to YouTube to get a badge? Uh, unfortunately, there's no overlap, so you would have to cancel 
your um, Patreon membership and just get a YouTube membership because there you can get a badge and with Patreon you cannot. So that's the only way, unfortunately. But, you know, I said these videos to unlisted, so YouTube members and Patreon members can join with the, the link that I publish. And my sincere apologies, um, uh, YouTube members, I completely forgot to put it in the uh, membership and community area. I just posted it like 15 minutes ago. But most of the time, people uh, only jo join when it goes public. All right, so you'll have to cancel your Patreon membership and uh, join the YouTube memberships. And if you can't do that, then uh, no badge for you, buddy. Sorry. Ahmed asks, what's your take on desiccated or granular supplements like adrenal or thyroid, either desiccated? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think desiccated liver tabs, adrenal uh, tabs, or thyroid tabs, or testicle tabs. I would rather go with an extract that has a more increased bioavailability. You know, you can eat liver, you can eat adrenals, you can eat thyroid, you can eat testicles, or you can just eat, you know, regular food and supplement accordingly. So desiccated liver types work. I had plenty of scientific evidence that showed that it works. It's an old school supplement that, um, you know, is still popular in certain circles nowadays. Although I believe that Tutka, NAC, and just a healthy diet is superior. Right? And, and a lot of people who promote desiccated or granular supplements like adrenal steroid, um, testicles and liver, they're also the kind of asshole that you know promotes an unrealistic lifestyle with uh, eating all these raw organ meats. And then if you don't want to do that, but you still want to follow suit, then you have to buy all the supplements which have no um, all proprietary blends. <laughs> it doesn't even list how much magnesium, potassium and all that good stuff is contained within. So you're uh, basically praying to the supplement gods and hoping that you get some sort of nutrition out of it. Um, yeah, so... I, I, no, dude. Just just eat real food. If you want to eat some liver, chop it up 30 grams per day, mix it in with your beef, um, make a, a little bit of a meat uh, hamburger, right, with some liver inside to get some nice texture. Certainly tastes better than a chunky, um, you know, 80%, 20% fat hamburger and, and and get away with it that way, you know? And if you want to mix some adrenals and thyroid and, and, and testicles into your hamburger patty, go ahead. Uh, I just don't think that it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, you have to be really far gone <laughs> with processed foods before you have to uh, go that route. Ahmed asks, if somebody mostly on TRT with thyroid, T4, and a combined T3 replacement dose alongside growth hormone year-round, can it risk a permanent shutdown of the hypothalamus and the pituitary? All right, so thyroid uh, doesn't really work on the pituitary, right? But it might lower your thyroid-stimulating hormone levels. And growth hormone also doesn't work on the pituitary, but it might lower your growth hormone-releasing hormone, uh, hormone hormone levels if they're chronically elevated. The lucky thing with growth hormone is that it's not consistently elevated. So if you time it right, you can still get a growth hormone releasing hormone to elevate and thus have some sort of signal from the pituitary to release growth hormone. With thyroid, it's actually the same thing. If you keep with the replacement dose and your thyroid stimulating hormone is at the bottom of the reference range, let's say one, one and a half, two milliAUs per milliliter, then your pituitary is not shut down. But with TRT, you're shut down for sure. So this descent, luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, is shut down for a longer period of time. But with growth hormone or exogenous thyroid medication, if you do it right, that's probably not the case. Now, if you start 
um, taking 100 micrograms T3, that's no longer replacement, that's super physiological, yes, your THAs will be zero. And if you start taking growth hormone, two AUs, three AUs, multiple times per day, spaced out every two hours, then uh, yes, your growth hormone releasing hormone will also be shut down. So now you're shut down for three fucking angles on four different hormones. So be careful. Yeah, that's why it's okay to come off once in a while. Ahmed asks, when using HCG, DHA, and pregnenolone on cycle, uh, thank you, whatever that stands for, estrogen production, or do you think estrogen production from them, testicular estrogen, can be reduced by aromacin or mastrone? Okay, so DHA converts into testosterone and then estrogen. So, you, yes, you can reduce that with aromacin or mastrone. Pregnenolone converts into either uh, progesterone or DHEA, then testosterone, then estradiol. So yes, you can mitigate that with aromacin or mastrone, but the ACG that you take will produce testosterone and estradiol directly in the testicles and DHEA, DHEA sulfate, pregnenolone, pregnenolone sulfate directly in the adrenal glands and to a certain extent in the brain, which also has uh, LHCG receptors apparently. So if you want to inhibit the estrogen synthesis, which occurs in the testicles by taking ACG, Keep the dose low, 250 IUs, 500 IUs at maximum, because after 500 IUs multiple times per week, it seems that estradiol comes up more disproportionately compared to testosterone levels. So there's a gap on how much testosterone you can produce intertesticularly with HCG stimulation, and then you get only more estradiol. So use the low effective dose, 250 IUs, 500 IUs, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. An effective dose of DHA and pregnenolone to bring you to the top of the reference range, 25 milligrams to 50 milligrams DHEA, 10, 12 and a half, 25 milligrams pregnenolone, morning and evening or splitting up the dose. And then use a dose of aromacin to complement all of that, converting into estradiol downstream. So you might need more aromacin to inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol from the exogenous testosterone that you're taking or the neuroserotics that are ultimately converting into estradiol, but not from the ACG. That's impossible. And masterone will not be able to enter the testicles either. So either your masterone dose or romsin dose needs to be a little bit higher um, to combat that effect. But ultimately, everything will turn out fine if you do your blood work. Alex, what's up? What dosing do you suggest for IGF-1 deaths? Planning on using it on my delts and glutes since those are my lagging body parts. Okay, so you would have to, you can either do it pre-workout or post-workout. 50 to 200 micrograms bilaterally. It highly depends on how potent your IGF-1 death is. Of course, you get a localized effect, but if you inject it pre-workout, it will help with um, nutrient absorption during the workout, take some intra-workout. The problem is, is that due to the pump and the blood flow and um, you know the hypertrophy stimulation that you create, some of this IGF-1 death is going to leak from the skeletal muscle where you just injected it bilaterally into the shoulders or the, the glutes, for that matter. Um, and thus, it's going to go systemic. So you, what you might want to do is do a low and effective dose of IGF-1, let's say 50 micrograms bilaterally pre-workout to help with nutrient absorption and increase the pumps. That will metabolize quite rapidly and disperse you know, throughout the body. And then post-workout, you take um, 50, 100 micrograms IGF-1 LR3 bilaterally in the same muscle group that you just trained, or in Corlex if you're lucky, but it seems to be that it's very difficult to source. I mean, it took me 10 years, so I'm not going to blame you for it if you can't find it. Um, take IGF-1 LR3, which is longer lasting, prevents, um, you know, the, the modifications of the LR3 prevents uh, binding to the IGF-1 binding proteins or the IGF-1 uh, binding protein 3. 
and thus it's longer lasting. And if you do it post-workout, you have less likelihood that it disperses systemically and potentiates a localized effect longer. So I would took, uh, take 50 micrograms IGF-1 pre-workouts, do your workouts, enjoy the pumps, have some inter-workout for um, you know glucose and nutrient uptake and with essential amino acids, and then either post-workout or maybe a couple hours later before bed, which is what I'm doing for my Incrolex administrations. So you don't have so much movement and the Incrolex or the IGF-1 LR3 is more likely to stay in the tissue that you just trained um, because you don't get so much blood flow and activity while you're sleeping. All right, that would be my recommendation. Hope to see you on the Olympia stage soon. Um, so I can give you the double thumbs up and shout from the audience. Those those uh, delts look absolutely fantastic. But if I say glutes, then my wife's going to slap me across the mouth. So you will not get not get such compliments out of me. <laughs> Octavian, what's up, buddy? Uh, free T3 and free T4 are in the normal range, but my thyroid is inflamed. Could free T3 below the reference range be the cause? Uh, bring caloric deficit for too much a long time of two to three years all right so um thyroid being inflamed could be a systemic inflammatory condition or your thyroid stimulating hormone being chronically elevated hashimoto's disease right graves disease look into that um maybe it's an iodine deficiency maybe a selenium deficiency and again if you're in a caloric deficit for two to three years uh, maybe it's time to throw in the towel buddy Add some calories, enjoy your heightened libido, enjoy the pumps, um, enjoy the moon phase. It sucks, but, you know, it's bodybuilding. It's from the neck down. So, and, and you know, if you have a high-quality erection, maybe uh, the, the partner can overlook it because they're too busy uh, taking care of business. So, yeah, look into a multitude of things, and hopefully you can get your thyroid inflammation under control and then maybe do a, an ultrasound on it to see if there's any nodules or, you know, really problematic things going on internally. Thomas, besides using pharma, what could be the best way to reduce uh, water bloat from generic GH? Uh, don't take so much or use something like telmisartan to modulate renin, angiotensin, aldosterone system and potentially empagliflozin. But from my personal experience, it's a sodium glucose type 2 inhibitor. Um, sodium glucose transporter type 2 inhibitor. Uh, from my personal experience at 25 milligrams per day, I can't say that it modulated my uh, blood pressure or my water retention favorably when I was taking growth hormone at higher dosages. So, um, yeah, I would look into telmisartan, and even then, you're still going to retain some water. It's just part of the game. Water retention is part of the game. If you don't want water retention, you take out the test, you take out the growth hormone, you take out the insulin, you take out the Incolex. There's nothing left now. Right, DC derivatives, train, SARMs. Right, all the good stuff is out. <laughs> so deal with it, man. Water retention is good. It protects your joints from uh, the abuse. And of course, eating a little bit more healthy. Right? I know it's a lot of work, but it does work. All right, A Fitness, what's up? Hey, Steve, using 2IU's growth hormone uh, AM in the morning and 3IU's pre-bed. I've been using this for a while, no problem. New batch, now waking up every morning with hands numb, no water weight gain, though. Okay, uh, that's the problem with generics, right? The quality control from batch to batch is always different. So, um, unfortunately, you probably can't get the previous batch. You probably ran out. 
maybe start low again and build your way up maybe go to three ios pre-beds give that some time see if your uh numb hands are still there maybe add in thousand a uh, thousand milligrams of taurine with each meal that helps with the osmotic pressure maybe go on 20 to 40 milligrams tomasartin to help with the water retention and if it's still there uh, go with pharmagrade uh, growth hormone in the form of novo nordisk nordytropin that seems to be the only growth hormone that doesn't potentiate so much water retention or you're going to have to take a diuretic every single day um you know 12.5 milligrams hydrochlorothiazide or combination medication of hydrochlorothiazide with triamterine uh, in the form of diazide 25 37.5 milligrams diazide to get the water off overnight right? you take your diuretic before bed you take your growth hormone before bed you piss up uh, you know up a storm overnight so you, your sleep quality is a little bit impaired but then at least you don't wake up with numb hands but at five I use per day I don't think that should be occurring maybe your growth hormone is just uh, kind of shit and if you're going with riptropin with antidiuretic hormone eh, being provided uh yeah you might want to switch Thomas what do you think of somebody on a budget testosterone and aromatized inhibitor 50 to 70 milligrams trimbolone and a generic gh is more beneficial than test master on a primo 50 to 70 milligrams trend but no gh can't believe i actually read that when there's so much uh abbreviations yeah bodybuilder to bodybuilder right <laughs> all right so uh testing an ai with a little bit of train generic gh or test master on primo 50-70. Honestly, dude, you're probably doing this for the off-season, so go with the budget. Test aromatized inhibitor, low dose of trend, generic GH. Save your money, and then when you're ready to get in shape, test train, Mastron, Primo, and uh, no GH, right? Because the GH will help with fullness and fat loss. But in this stack, how much muscle you're going to gain, whether you're on GH or not, uh, in a caloric deficit, I would say that it's negligible. You can make more gains during your off-season on generic GH and a little bit of trend, high-dose tests with some AI. And then, uh, you know, you save the expensive stuff for when you want to get in shape and you have to look good on the beach or on a competition, right? Or on a photo shoot or for, uh, I don't know, movie role, <laughs> whatever you need to do. Pumpy dingus, pussies. Yes, man, I guess I missed a lot of questions all right we're gonna go through this fast az fitness if i touch any 19 ores prolactin boosts up even on uh vitamin b6 p5p and 70 milligrams nandrolone prolactin goes out of range wow smoking any weeds taking any kratom any recreational drugs ghb could be a culprit estrogen is always in range using as dht next to my testosterone any other compound recommendations uh take the nandrolone out or you're going to have to be in cabergolan. And guess what? Nandrolone has been associated with left ventricular hypertrophy. And cabergolan has been associated with left ventricular hypertrophy. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go that route? Uh, take the nandrolone out, dude. Add in a little bit of Primo. Primo has some joint lubricating effects as well. Or go with Anivar. Um, you know, you can patch one hole with another one. But nandrolone is replaceable with anivar or primo if the dose is high enough so in that case you don't have to run p5p you don't have to run cabergoline or bromipexol or bromcryptine right and 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 you know uh, don't hammer your pituitary gland with dopamine receptor agonists so look for some other alternatives 
Alex, I've been reconstituting the Mod C right before my morning cardio and no side effects. Okay, that's good. I was able to get back to uh, 730 minute miles again this week. Yeah, the energy boost that you get out of it, substantial. So good, good to hear that everything is going well. I also purchased Super Shredder Stampede from Amino Asylum, which is the best to use during an improvement season. Not looking to cut uh, until early next year. So you can actually use the Super Shredder during a contest prep. Uh, but the stampede during the off season, half a cc, one cc, and bigger body parts. Oh man, <laughs> pumps galore! <laughs> I wish I could use it now. Oh, I wish I could use it now. So yeah, it's um, in, enjoy it. I mean, super shredder for cutting, stampede for the off season, uh, improvement season, right? Uh, super shredder I wouldn't use because in, during improvement season, off season, you're probably in a caloric surplus. And even that two milligrams albuterol will send your heart rate sky high. Ideally, you're in a caloric deficit when you use a super shredder. So Stampede, maybe the Mass Monster blends uh, in combination to get those essential amino acids. Or what is it? The Mass Monster Pump or Mass Monster. One of those. Whatever I thought was favorite. It's It's been a while since I used them. So my sincerest apologies if I can't remember. I only used like half a valve each and then I gave the rest to Aaron. Um because he's in the off-season making uh, debtor improvements. So yeah, look into some combinations. And then with the IGF-1, just don't inject it um, too close together. Because IGF-1, DES, or LR3, or Incorrects for that matter, you don't know how it reacts with something like Stampede or Super Shredder, right? And if it goes into the shoulder or the glutes at the same time and it disperses, and some of the ingredients of Super Shredder, Stampede, Moss Monster, Monster Brum Blend denatures your IGF-1 and now it's no longer effective. You might still get a great pump, but you might not get the anabolic response that you're after. And IGF-1 DES, LR3, mad expensive. So maybe alternate. Or you do your Stampede pre-workout, your IGF-1 DES post-workout, which means it will still work acutely because it has such a short active life. And then IGF-1 LR3 before bed. Plenty of injections, but that's the lifestyle we chose, baby. <laughs> so <laughs> it sucks. Thomas, do you think IGF-1 DES is a good replacement for rapid acting insulin if you're not that advanced yet? Um, I would say IGF-1 is more uh, advanced than rapid acting insulin because look at the price difference. I mean, the costs matter, dude. Rapid acting insulin is cheap as shit. And IGF-1 DES is not. So you need to be more advanced to, um, you know, warrant and justify the use of IGF-1. Like, you know, Alex, look at, look at this thumbnail. You see that? That's a physique right there. Throwing shade. Yeah, you're throwing shade by looking good. Alexandra. Um, but Thomas, I don't even, what is that? Is that a Q from the first ep um, episode of uh, Star Trek Next Generation and the last episode of the Star Trek Next Generation? I don't even know what that is. I don't see any muscles. So I'm going to assume based on your avatar that you're not so advanced. Uh, I would say rapid acting insulin is a better option because it's cheap. And even though you need the glucometer for that, you need to adjust your diet and make sure that you don't overdo it so you go hypoglycemic and potentially die uh, from a price perspective and a um, you know anabolic response and overall beneficial effect perspective. I would say that rapid acting insulin would be used first before you start dabbling with the IGF-1 DES. 
and if you have a good response with a rapid acting insulin adding the igf1 this uh, if you're financially secure enough and you have your diet and your inter-workout in place um to do it at the same time you know a rapid acting insulin sub q and the igf1 this intramuscularly bilaterally all pre-workouts pumps incoming epicness Jake, how long does it take for the body to adjust to lower androgen levels before my mood motivation drive will come back? I'm still waiting. It's it's been nine months. <laughs> it's it's been fucking rough, dude. Uh, dropping free testosterone for 35 to 25 and motivation and mood is very subpar. Yeah, and it will stay like that. If you come off cycle, uh, it will stay like that. My mood and motivation libido is nothing like it was on TRT or anything there above. It sucks. It sucks. I'm so happy that I can run a little bit of Increlex. You know, at least my workouts are better. But before, my workouts sucked. I dreaded going to the gym. I fucking hated it. I didn't even want to go at some times. Like, why the fuck am I doing this? You know? Uh, no pumps. No motivation, no drive, no... I mean, it, it, yeah, and it doesn't matter how much dopamine you get from L-tyrosine or, or caffeine you take. It doesn't quite cut it. So this is one of the reasons why people dread coming off and even lower androgen levels that at one point in time, like TRT, at one point you get used to that, maybe, maybe three months, for example. But coming off completely... Fuck, dude. Sucks balls. So, yeah hope you're mentally strong enough to deal with it. Um, I've gone through this several times now so I can deal with it. But it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, it just means you have to lower your expectations. Right? You go from banging 12s to banging 5s. <sighs> driving a Ferrari to a Pinto. <laughs> yeah, you're still driving. You're still banging, but it's not on the same uh, level. If it matters for context. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we just answered that. I did ultrasound that there was a nodule on my thyroid. I got rid of it with Bosbellia, spirulina, and curcumin. Really? I have a thyroid nodule on the, was it the right side? Like one millimeter? No, not one millimeter. It's, it's a little bit longer than that. Uh, and I took plenty of uh, Bosbellia and curcumin. It didn't go down. So if you still have inflammation there, look into something that can cause systemic inflammation resulting in to thyroid uh, uh, inflammation as well, not stimulation, inflammation. Fuck me. Um... And then, uh, you know, look into your iodine and selenium intake to help with normal thyroid function. You know, maybe if your thyroid stimulating hormone levels are chronically high, that's the root cause of the inflamed thyroid gland. Um, I feel crappy, wondering if I have to wait a few weeks or months. So, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, if you're taking TRT, eventually it will balance out. But if you came off completely, it, it might you might never feel good. That's why people cruise. <laughs> the only reason why I'm off right now is because I want to get my wife pregnant. And as soon as I have some good news and we pass that first trimester, um, I'm taking all the testosterone that I missed in one shot. No, no, no. It's, uh, it, that's irresponsible. But I'll tell, definitely take some TRT. Yeah, even 150 milligrams of test, half an ampule of Bayer-Testivirin will uh, do me a world, a world of wonder, a world of good. A fitness, low sex drive, estradiol in range, prolactin range, taking 250 milligrams test, 250 milligrams, uh, masterone, DHA, and growth hormone. Is your calories high? Watch the libido video. Um, that would be my recommendation. All right? If everything is in range, maybe you need some X, uh, Salank, maybe you need uh, oxytocin administrations. I cover all of that in the libido videos. Please give those a watch. 
or the mass monster blend alex i'm looking forward to the pumps <laughs> for you not for me but uh i'm sure the igf1 that's the mass monster and the super shredder and the stampede man those those shoulders will be um yeah insane yeah all those uh all those what is it figure right figures where you have the crazy cartoony delts all those figure girls are gonna be uh you know battling for second and third ha coach is high test beneficial during cutting is it a rhetorical question come on you know the answer of course it is blood pressure 135 over 80 being on point with electrolytes taurine has it has it improved tried an angiotensin receptor blo uh, blocker because it caused some fatigue and weakness despite nice blood pressure 125 to 75. do you think keeping my blood pressure that high is no big issue or should you try another med which is the best to even prevent uh, the fatigue or weakness okay so ace inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers do have that side effects for fatigue and weakness so maybe you need to go with the blood pressure medication which was um how do you call that a, a discontinued not discontinued but abandoned and was used as a, a erectile dysfunction medication instead cialis five milligrams ten milligrams per day helps to control your blood pressure improve the pumps and your erectile quality all at the same time it's not as good to it's not as good and uh, you know modulating your blood pressure um but it should help it should help i mean i'd like to see 125 over 65 uh, 120 over 70 when you take 5 to 10 milligrams cialis upon waking it has a very long half-life so you only need to do it dose it once and even at five milligrams after two weeks you um you know reach an increased dose because the half-life is longer than 24 hours so start low build your way up if needed but give yourself two weeks of five milligrams cialis upon waking before you bump it to 10 milligrams and then enjoy the blood pressure management and the spontaneous erections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who remembers spontaneous erections in the middle of class when you're 15 years old, trying to do, um, you know, your uh, your exams, and then you're like, God, why do I have to deal with this shit now? Right, I need this a couple hours later, bro. Slow the fuck down. Good memories. Okay, Jake Applebaum. Do you think keeping blood pressure... Oh, all right, you already answered that. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Thoughts on uh, dapoxetine for hours in bed. Uh, it, that's one of the sleep medications, right? Didn't I cover that in the... In sleep uh, dive? I can't remember. Oh, so, uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. For treatment of premature ejaculation. Um, I am not familiar... Oh, for hours in the bedroom, not hours of sleep, but hours in the bedroom. I don't know. I think, you know, like using selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors for this purpose or um, using the, what is it, selective serotonin, norepinephrine and dopamine reuptake inhibitor, uh, tesofensine for appetite suppression. I think it's stretching it a little bit. You know, I tried it. It worked. The first two or three days, I felt fucking euphoric, like I was taking drugs, and then that effect kind of dissipated. Um, should take that over the weekend. Tomorrow's Sunday, right? Let's give it another roll tomorrow. I'll report back in 24 hours. Um, but yeah, taking the pox, the poxetine, an SSRI, you know, for hours. Yeah, I know. Give it a try. Fuck, combine it with Cabergoline and Cialis, bro. Go to go to full Monty, right? Uh, if you want to impress the girl. But from my experience, after two pumps, uh, most women are worn out. 
unless you have a tiny penis, then you might be able to, you know, pump for hours. But, you know, if you're average or there above, I don't know. I don't think going for hours is that pleasurable. After a while, you get dry and a little bit sore and your, you know, your pelvic floor starts to hurt and you get tired, you know, you start to get hungry. So, I don't know, feel free to experiment, throw some cable girl line and see Alice for good measure and report to back to us uh, next week. And can Tadalafil cause water retention? Um, no, no, not from my experience, unless you have um, very high peripheral blood pressure during strenuous sets, then of course this increase of the, um, the, the, the reduction of the blood pressure in the capillaries can now maybe push some of the fluid into the extracellular space out of the blood vessels and cause water retention if you're inactive, you don't stimulate your lymphatic system afterwards. So maybe a little bit of a cool down, right, in the form of walking or the elliptical or the Stairmaster after your strenuous sets post-workout and maybe a couple 10-minute uh, you know, walks in between meals. For example, today, I'm on Incrolex, right? And normally it shouldn't potentiate so much water retention, but today I forgot to do my fasted cardio because I wanted to record because it's usually raining in the afternoon. So I got my recording session out of the way first. Then I had a little bit of food, forgot to do cardio. Then I started to edit because I want to have some videos ready for next week because it's been, what, four fucking days since the last proper video, which didn't really get any views. Shame on you guys. I'm highly disappointed, but what can you do? The show must go on. Anyway, so I started recording and I started editing and I started doing some consultations and some work. And I was sit, uh, I sat at a computer chair or at this position the entire fucking day. And guess what? I'm highly water attentive right now, even though all of my Incrolex administrations are at the end of the day. So depending on your activity levels during the day and what you're taking, you might have more or less water retention. My advice to you would be stay active and walk around a little bit. Get some cats so you can chase them around the house every two hours. Helps a lot. <laughs> uh, Rana G, science and tech. I got it right this time. Why everybody is doing 750 milligrams of testosterone per week during cutting, can't we use 1,000 or 1,250? It's because all these fake-ass IFB pros say that they didn't get any benefits over 750 milligrams of testosterone. Uh, I got this watery. Shut the fuck up, dude. General population doesn't respond the way you do. You're blessed. You have great genetics. We have to do something different. So I, I went up to 2,500 milligrams of test during cutting and got great results using an aromatized inhibitor. I was full, dense, nasty heart, plenty of veins everywhere because I controlled my diet. I did my daily fasted cardio and my post-workout cardio. And I did pausing every single day and two workout sessions a day. And I looked great. <laughs> I look great. And I kept it simple. Just test. Oh, and GH. I had an insulin, of course. Test GH and insulin during cutting. I looked absolutely fantastic. I threw in a little bit of super and minstrel at the end. And I got some great pictures to show for it. Um, do what feels good, man. And don't listen to other people. You have to figure out what works for you. All I can do is incentivize you to take some experiments for yourself. And whatever works for you, you keep that. And if it doesn't work, you discard it. Uh, why can't use more tests and less trained for less and manageable side effects? Yes, you can. You can run two grams of tests and 100 milligrams, 150 milligrams of uh, trim per week and make great fucking gains. But it's not sexy to talk about it. People want to do low test, high train. That's sexy. I, I took a gram of train. I tried it. <laughs> Fuck. I got better results and more tests. But, of course, I was more experienced by that time. I trained harder. I had more supplements in place, more time 
under the weights, right? So again, if I were to do a low test and high train now, I'd probably get divorced and kill all my cats and, and spend the rest of my life in jail. Uh, so I'd rather just do a high test and uh, not deal with those crazy side effects. Hey, fitness. Thank you for your digestion stack. By the way, it worked miracles. Perfect. Another soul saved. Thoughts on injectable super drill. Um, well, if it's suspended in MCT, yes. But it's very likely that it's suspended in ethyl oleate with glycol or a combination thereof or MCT. And they don't mention that it has ethyl oleate or glycol or glycol or however the fuck you pronounce it. Uh, and it's highly inflammatory. So buy your injectable super drill. If it smells horrendous, throw it in the trash. If it doesn't smell horrendous, inject 0.1 milliliters subcutaneous. See what happens. If it disperses, nice. If it absorbs perfectly, you don't get any redness, no post-injection pain, no inflammation. You don't get the sickly flu-like symptoms feeling that you have systemic inflammation, right? Then you may proceed to a half a milliliter, um, you know, uh, intramuscular injection, 0.25 milliliters uh, injected bilaterally, so it's half a milliliter total, in the muscle group that you're going to train. Do that for a week, check your inflammatory markers, and if everything is as well, you can finish this vial of injectable super gel. And if not, throw it in the trash. All right, next one. Thomas, couldn't you draw from a media bottle the same way you draw from an ampule? Me what is it? Me me media bottle? What is it? What are you talking about, Thomas? Couldn't you draw from a media bottle the same way you draw from an ampule? Medium? Vial? You mean a vial? Uh, clarify. You have two minutes, and then we go public. <laughs> two minutes. Hurry up. Let's see if there's anything going on on Patreon. Mm -mm -mm. La, la, la. Hopefully my internet connection stays stable. Thomas, please let us know what you mean with this. Maybe there's some delay. All right. We'll answer this one first in the meantime. Do you think XRP will move? Well, it moved. <laughs> and then it came down. <laughs> Man, this the, the altcoins right now are dead. You don't have to put any money into them right now because they'll keep bleeding, keep bleeding, keep bleeding until the next uh, Bitcoin halving. Uh, I got a little bit of Dogecoin I got out recently. I had a little bit of uh, Ripple I got out recently. I had, what else did I have? Uh, Ethereum I got out recently. And I even got out of my Bitcoin recently. Now, whatever happens tomorrow, if, the, if Bitcoin stays at this level, it might shoot up. But um, it might also come down, right? We're at a critical level. It needs to stay over 26,500 for a couple days. And if there's confidence in the market that it will rally, then the next uh, target is like uh, 27,250 or 28,000, which is the previous peak um, of the last couple of days when it rallied upwards, which is at the top of the um, bear market resistance band, which is a combination of the 21, uh, not a 20 week moving average and the uh, 21 week exponential moving average. So it's the 20 SMA and the 21 EMA. That's uh, two bands that you can follow on the week chart. The last time it hit it at the top and it retraced. Why? Because we're now in a bearish moment. The bull market is taking a retracement into a temporarily bear market, probably until the next Bitcoin halving. 
unless somehow, some way, the last couple of weeks is just a temporary retracement, which I'm you know, stubborn about. But it could be the case. Maybe it will come over to uh, you know the bull market, the, the bear market resistance band, and it will turn into the bull market support band. And then altcoins will move, and then Ethereum will move, and uh, you know what is it called? Uh, Dogecoin and uh, Shiba Coin, and, and and maybe even Pepe, even though it's uh, they're selling off. I think the founders. Yeah, maybe it'll move then. Maybe. Not sure. You have to keep track of the market, right? And by the time uh, you, you follow these indicators that I just gave you, and the market uh, values, and the you know the fundamentals have changed, then you need to make the appropriate buy or sell order, right? You go long or you go short. So when do I think XRP will move um, when Bitcoin halves and there's confidence in the market and Bitcoin has pre passed the previous all-time high, then then altcoins like XRP might move again. Um, Cardano might move, right? And if you want to get your entries in now, uh, feel free to go, uh, feel free to do so, but you might be locking up your cash for a very long time when you can actually trade um, Bitcoin or other market movers it uh, you know the top 10 of the the, the bitcoin uh, what is the, the the cryptocurrency list uh, and and instead of locking up your assets into xrp which might not move i mean it had a small move after uh, the sac versus ripple battle was um, you know it, where they said that uh, ripple is not a security but that that lawsuit is not over yet and the Bitcoin bull market hasn't started yet. So why would you lock up your assets for such a long time when you can make money with Bitcoin trading it smartly? All right, I hope that answered the question. Thomas, a media bottle is what you use to filter homebrewed oils with. Oh, okay. Um, couldn't you draw from a, a homebrew bottle the same way you draw from an ampule? Uh, I guess so. I'm not too familiar with homebrewing, guys. Ask uh, Chase Irons. Let's hope we break this resistance. Haven't had a bull market in a while. Yeah, we had a small, um, uh, you know, a bull rally, but it's not the bull market. That will happen after the next, uh, you know, Bitcoin halving and in the uh, election year of the United States. So give it another year, dude. Be patient. Make small trades. Make your money, you know, um, and don't take it too serious. And then when the next Bitcoin bull market happens, you just kick back. And wait. <laughs> yeah, and these start laddering out over $125,000 per Bitcoin, if it even gets that far. But again, time will tell. Keep your eye on the charts. The charts will tell you when it's time to get out. Jake, if HCG is keeping your testosterone levels pretty high, is the reason you feel less motivated drive now because uh, tests hit your testosterone levels way higher uh, than HCG does? Yes, that's part of the reason. And of course, you know, testosterone is, um, you know, correlated with your dopamine levels. So the higher testosterone levels are, the higher your dopamine levels are. And dopamine ultimately determines your libido, your motivation, your masculinity, your drive, all that good stuff besides the testosterone. So if my testosterone is only 600 to 900 nanograms per deciliter, which is only that high when I'm fasting, um, then my dopamine levels are kind of middle of the reference range also. And it doesn't matter how much tyrosine I take or L-DOPA or um, Forskolin or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it doesn't really cover it. So uh, hopefully I can get back on some TRT at one point or another. It's very difficult from a vial. It's just a glass bottle with a screw top on it and you unscrew it so it looks like an ampule. Okay, in that case, you need a long needle to stick it in and just uh, draw from there. It's basically like a beaker, right? Um, yeah, so draw from the top. 
and use a long enough needle so you can hit to the bottom. All right, last one. Again, we go public. Coach, you missed my question. All right, where was it? I, I answered these. I answered high test and stuff. So use the timestamps. Uh, Overall JD is going to make them. I, I'm pretty sure I answered these um, in, in great detail. Maybe you weren't listening. Okay. Guys, we're going to uh, take a pee break and go public. Bathroom break. BRB. Is there a cryptocurrency that's called BRB? It's probably uh, missing during the <laughs> the bear market. And then be right back for the next bull market. All right, guys. Uh, let's go public. Oh, where are we? Live. All right. Public. All right. Bring on the herd of uh, SARMS questions. <laughs> See you in a bit. All right, what's up, bros? It's a vigorous Q&A again. Um, for the guys who wanted to know where the live stream was from last Wednesday, that got deleted because um, well, it was about nothing. It was just me getting some experience on camera again. And uh, I probably said some things I shouldn't have said. So that is lost to the, uh, the bits of the internet forever. All right, Jake. I have high SSBG from T3 only. I want uh, high free testosterone during the day for cognition and drive, but lower free T3 at night for sleep. Oh, that's a bit difficult. What methods would you recommend to try aside from Anivar? You can't fluctuate your SHBG high and low throughout the day. It's either going to be high or low or in the middle of the range where you'll feel ideal. Um, so maybe lower the T3 and add in a little bit of Anivar and uh, find your sweet spot because it, it doesn't go up and down that much over the day. Alex, my husband's client has been experiencing muscle spasms in his back. He recently found out he has a herniation. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, herniated disc. Would he benefit from BPC-157 or TB-500? Uh, could be, but again, do some sort of MRI or um, an X-ray to see how bad the herniation is. Because, you know, BBC 157 and TB 500 will lower inflammation. But if the bulge is terrible, maybe it needs to lay flat, uh, like they do in China, for a couple weeks to kind of let everything heal. It, it might help, right? But if there's a structural issue that requires an, uh, an adjustment with chiropractic work or simply laying flat, then, you know, BBC 157 and TB 500 uh, administered around the area um, will help. But it won't help if there's a structural issue that needs to be resolved with surgery or um, right, uh, some sort of chiropractic work or an inversion table or just chilling out on the couch for a while. So please get some diagnosis going and then uh, hopefully everything will turn out fine. TMD br uh, brush cutting. Hey, Steve, how's things? What's your thought on the peptides? I just answered that. Uh, and I have uh, videos about this. Please give those a watch. Just look for the, what is it called? The, 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 the. And then, <laughs> what's it called? The ultimate stack for tens of steel or something like this. Uh, or how to recover from surgery, right? I have four videos that cover TB500, BBC157 in the context of healing with other peptides mixed in and uh, collagen uh, improving uh, compounds. And that um, that is all over my YouTube channel. So please give it a search. Let's see. Coach, I was talking about PCOS. My girlfriend is suffering from it. I can't trust the doctors here in India. They are stupid. Your thoughts on how to treat uh, polycystic uh, ovarian syndrome? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure. I do believe that uh, some of the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonists, either in combination with the gastric inhibitory polypeptide, like terzepidides, might have some overlapping beneficial effects with PCOS if that's caused by diabetes. But that's the extent of my knowledge. My wife never had to deal with this. I've never had clients who had to deal with it. Um, maybe some progesterone tablets, but that's I'm not sure if that's correct. So unfortunately, I can't help you. Uh, if the doctors can't help you, uh, consult with um, maybe Victoria Felkar. She's a female specialist, highly intelligent. Um, you know, Victoria Felkar, you can find her on uh, Instagram. And if I don't post her Instagram page down below, please remind me in the comment section once this video goes live. Um, she's very knowledgeable when it comes to the female body. Maybe I'll do a consultation with her. I'm sure she will know. Any advice for MK677? Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck. Ugh. Stop with the MK677 questions, guys. This is a meme now. All right, or super chat me. I'll answer it for you. <laughs> really? MK677. You know, I, I got it on my to-do list. How to use MK677 without um, uh, getting uh, glucose intolerance or insulin resistance. Yeah, it's on the to-do list. Stay tuned. But I, I'm, I'm tired of answering these SARM questions here. This is a no SARMs zone. Please. Or super chat me at fifty dollars. I'll answer it for you. Yeah, and some questions from fifty dollars and onwards. Doesn't matter if you're a member or not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, here we go. Steroid questions. Testosterone, masterone, EQ combo. Should MPP be added for or badly avoided? What dosage would you recommend? And for how long would you recommend it? If I'm willing to stay on it for unlimited periods of time. 
You can't stay on Testmaster and EQ and NPP for limited periods of time. You still need to come off. And the higher the dosage, the dosage is the shorter the duration of your cycle. So if you do 200 tests, 200 Masterone, 300 Boulderone, and 100 MPP, maybe nine months. But if you do 500 tests, 500 Masterone, 500 EQ, and 500 MPP, 2,000 milligrams per week, three months at maximum. And if you want to do unlimited period of time, 100 tests, 100 Masterone, no, 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 150 tests, 100 Masterone, 100 EQ, 50 NPP. And even then, that's stretching it. You know, even then, that's stretching it. So give give those <laughs> give those a run, and see uh, what happens. Dante, yeah, no serum zone. Right, We're, this channel is for adults. Adults don't use serums. <laughs> don't use serums unless they are newbies and they've uh, you know and and they yeah Tony you just got their uh, his arm so far up, far up their asshole that uh, they don't even know what's left or right. Okay, super chats incoming. Let's go. WNT Productions. Hey coach, I've been thinking about trying a bodybuilding keto giant after seeing your results with it. How would I calculate macros and refeeds as it hasn't done this before? 185 pounds, 22 years old, 18% body fat. Okay. Well, I hate to do this to you, but I have a video about this. <laughs> it's a 2,550 cal uh, calorie ketogenic diet, uh, which breaks down all of the macronutrients and micronutrients. So you just type in keto and you should get that video on my YouTube channel. But I'll take your money gladly because it was a lot of work and that video didn't get a lot of views. So basically, uh, you go through the video. It has eggs for breakfast, salmon for dinner, I think chicken one meal beef one meal and then uh, a protein shake or maybe no maybe chicken twice so i can't remember it's been years uh, this is a no supplements uh, ketogenic diet to give you insight on how much micronutrients you get from this ketogenic diet alone and then you can supplement accordingly so based on the ketogenic diet being devoid of vitamin c because there's zero carbohydrate sources besides a little bit of vegetables um you know that one you might need to supplement vitamin C, vitamin D3, obviously, unless you go out uh, getting your sunlight, right? You point your asshole to the sky, and then that way you get the most efficient amount of sunlight exposure, or so you've been told on social media. I mean, the things we have to deal with nowadays, the stupidity, the retardation. Well, idiocracy is coming true, right? It's a good movie. Give it a watch. You should watch it every year so you have a refresher on how much closer we came every year to the... You know, the, uh, the the futuristic scenario that idiocracy is uh, portraying back in the day. So, where were we? Oh, yeah, ketogenic diet. Uh, give that video a watch. Uh, I think 2,550 calories is a good starting point and 185 uh, pounds, 22 years old, 18% body fat. Um, you can always make the adjustments by bringing your fat intake a little bit down, right? I have a multitude of fat sources. Give it a try. And whether you're on steroids or not, that diet should work. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 50 minutes. Whip out your notepad, bro. And uh, I think that diet you can even download. Yeah, I have a Dropbox link down below. You can just download that, that Excel sheet, stick it on your fridge, follow it to the T, report back to us three months from now about your cognition and how your body fat went from 18% to 12%. And then super chat me again. <laughs> So I can spend that money on avocados. Avocados are mad expensive in Thailand. Uh, 
All right, where are we? Um, oh, yeah, PC, uh, if she's not trying to get pregnant, she can try spironolactone to help with PCOS. The problem is spironolactone inhibits some steps of the uh, neurosteroid and sex hormone cascade. So even though the PCOS might be resolved and uh, her period might be uh, more uh, stable, um, the problem is she might miss out on the production of neurosteroids and sex hormones. Give that video about, well, what was it called? Um, the real reason why your hormone balance is off, something along those lines. Right? I go about uh, spironolactone, aldactone in a multitude of different steps. I think it inhibits three of the steps of the sex hormone cascade. So uh, good advice, but still with the caveat on doing a little bit more research. Or berberine with citrus bergamot, too, will help with PCOS. Thank God we have a knowledgeable female in the chat. Man, it's been a while, right? Uh, berberine and citrus bergamot, I highly agree with. Okay, Alex, don't uh, give all your advice away for free, right? Save some for the consultation clients. <laughs> and if you're good at something, make sure you get money for it. Rana G, the thing that uh, most irritates Coast Steve is SARMs. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Robert, 200 baht a kilo uh, for avocados. I think it's more. I can't remember. My uh, assistant does all the shopping, and I pay him to do it for me. So I, I don't really know, but I, I do know that he says that it's expensive, so I rarely buy avocados unless they're on a discount, and then you buy too much, and then half of your batch is kind of expired by the time you get to it. So you, know, you still spend double <laughs> on the avocados that you actually ate. Uh, my estrogen levels is 80 picograms per milliliter. I want to bring it down uh, to about 50. I know there isn't a reference range for this, but approximately how much aromacin uh, should I lower my level? Well, um, follow this up with how much testosterone you're taking and how much nandrolone you're potentially taking. So um, please uh, uh, remind us what your entire stack is. I don't think your estrogen levels are that high, drug-free. So please fill us in. And then I'll give you a dose of aromacin. For now, I would say 6.25 milligrams twice a week. But that could be not enough to bring your estradiol levels down based on the testosterone dose that you're taking. Let's see. WT Productions currently on 250 milligrams test, 50 milligrams clean adjustments. Um, what are the goals? Guys, you have 200 characters to fill in to, to inform me on what the goals are. So, yeah, please. I wouldn't make any adjustments because I don't know your goals. <laughs> I don't even know your blood work. And I don't know your age. And I don't know your lifting, right? So inform me a little bit more. Okay. I'll be waiting for uh, Operor TV and WNT Productions. And all of these um, YouTube channels that are, uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, operating YouTube channels. Okay. So fill us in and I'll uh, tell you everything you need to know to proceed. Debel only. No, Matthew. No. I love seeing the varieties of currencies. Yes, I, I sure do uh, enjoy that myself. <laughs> the more currencies, the merrier. Uh, it all converts into dollars or no euros when I get that deposited in my AdSense account. Legendary Steve. Low dose Primo versus higher dose Equipoise. Um, well, a higher dose equipoise is probably the same price as a low dose primo, but it will elicit more of an anabolic response. 
So uh, and and more of estrogen management. So if if money is the the the, the problem. Then I would go with high dose equipoise and make sure you watch those two videos about how equipoise affects your kidney health potentially. Steve, what do you think about providing to control estrogen while in a high estrogen cycle? Uh, you mean a high testosterone cycle? You're taking exogenous estrogen um, and you're using provarin to prevent that when you should just be using or stop uh, injecting the estrogen. Uh, I'm going to fill in the typo for you and say that you're in a high test cycle. Uh, you need to take a lot of provarin to keep your estrogen under control and this will disproportionately reduce your shbg levels and elicit less of an anabolic response uh, so i would go with aromacin instead yeah best first cycle stay tuned next week a lot of videos coming about first cycle oh there we go steve is looking gorgeous as usual <laughs> I feel so pretty today. <laughs> Thank you. All right. WNT Productions. 22 years old, 150 pounds, 18% body fat, starting your ketogenic diet issue suggested, fat loss and maybe a recomp effect. Should workout split change on a push-pull legs? And we'll add to his question, currently on 250 milligrams of test, 50 milligrams of cleanse, should he make any adjustments? Um, so you're trying to lose fat. You're on um, a basic TRT plus stack and clenbuterol. Fat loss is what you're after. Um, should your workout split change? Yes, I would change that to a four-day split or a five-day split. I have articles about this on my website. Um, because you're in a caloric deficit state, you're trying to lose fat. You're not on so much anabolics that you can have this high-frequency workout, in my personal opinion. Um, so I would split to a, uh, I would switch to a four-day split or five-day split, um, so you have a little bit more recovery capability in between for the limited amount of steroids and the limited amount of calories that you get from your diet. All right, two questions answered in one go, and we're still waiting for the clarification on uh, Operor TV, bro. If you're watching, fill us in. Right, if you're on testosterone or not. I don't see your uh, comment yet. Kenny, face green smiling, face green smiling, face green smiling. Is that a new emoji that we don't have a uh, emoji for? Sounds like Derek now. We're making reaction videos. Uh, still rocking the robe. Yeah, this robe is um, is here to stay. I like that it matches my skin texture and. You know, um, my delts are almost filling it out. So maybe another week on Incrolex and this robe will be too small. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, Steve is the man. Saved us from a lot of messing around. Yeah, I hope uh, people are keeping themselves healthy. And if you see me at the Mr. Olympia by any chance, come up and tell me in person so I can have some more motivation when I get back again because my motivation is running out because my testosterone levels are low in an attempt to get my wife pregnant. And uh, the views have been abysmal, and <laughs> the fucking uh, gaining of subscribers has been abysmal. I blame uh, people going on holiday. I get it, but I hope it does pick up in uh, September again, because it's been a rough couple of months. What the hell? It doesn't show for him. No, it doesn't show for me. Unfortunately, we're using StreamYard, so maybe uh, the emojis that you selected are not um, compatible. 
Alan Diaz. No question. We'll, we'll be uh, looking out for your question somewhere in the chat. And otherwise, I'll gladly take your five bucks. Shake it, baby. And spend it on uh, pastrami sandwiches tomorrow. Actually, it's not enough. I'll spend it on a $5 shake. How about that? Of course, a $5 shake nowadays wouldn't have uh, tasted as good as it did in 1996. Was uh, Did Pulp Fiction come out in 1996? It is my favorite movie after all. 1990, 1994! But I watched it in 1996 on VHS. Yeah. Fuck, what a movie. $5 shakes. Alan... $5 shakes coming up tomorrow. All right, let's scroll down. Captain Flint started a cycle of 1,200 milligrams NPP plus 25 milligrams Dianabol one week ago. Tan uh, Clark cycle experiment. Not feeling anything crazy. Is my gear bunk or am I just impatient? Uh, you're impatient. <laughs> you should, your blood pressure should be up for sure. I mean, 1,200 milligrams MPP and 25 milligrams Dianabol per day. So that's uh, how much? It's 1,500 milligrams steroids uh, per week. MPP is a pretty fast ester, so you should definitely feel something. Your pump should go up. Your blood pressure is definitely increased. Um, you're probably impatient or you don't know what to look for. If this is your first cycle, uh, you're in for a hell of a ride. Yeah. Um, go for it. So... Uh, yeah, maybe give it two more weeks and then go do your blood work, see where your estrogen levels are at. At least estrogen should detect. Maybe your progesterone levels will detect or your nandrolone will detect as progesterone. But, you know, generally speaking, speaking there's no um, uh, nandrolone on your blood work uh, panel. So you'll have to go with your estrogen levels and the gains in the gym. And if you don't notice anything after two weeks, send it to me. I'll take care of it for you. I was one in 1994. <laughs> Fuck. I wish I was 30, dude. Uh, I wish. Oscar. My H uh, high sensitivity C-reactive protein was 2 January as a natty. Started farming testosterone, 240 milligrams testosterone in April. Checked at the end of May. It was 3.2. Checked this week. And it was 8.04. All right. So you're clearly in an inflammatory state. But if you're taking farming testosterone... It could be that you're taking testosterone in the form of a ruches oil. That can be inflammatory in some individuals. If your CRP was already 2, it could be that you have celiac disease. Um, you know, you're getting an inflammatory response from either medications or foods that you're eating or medications that you're taking, obviously. Maybe you're smoking, maybe you're drinking, maybe you're taking recreational drugs. GHB can raise your inflammatory markers or GBL, one for GB. Very bad on your inflammatory markers. I mean, it's fucking pain thinner. After all, people still take it, though. Um, I have these consultations, right? For people who take pharmaceutical testosterone, everything is okay, and their C-reactive protein is like 12. And then through... Questions and questions and questions and questions and questions. You come to the conclusion that they're taking one four GB over the weekend, and that's why their inflammatory markers are so high. So, um, yeah, look into your nutrition, look into your recreational drug intake. If your testosterone has a righteous oil, throw it in the trash, make the appropriate adjustments, and go with something in castor oil, cottonseed oil, or sesame oil. There's a, I think the third, um, I think the third article on my website is the one about uh, synthetic carrier oils give that one a read uncommon charlie 
How come I get anxiety from 500 IOS HCG three times a week, but feel awesome and bliss on 200 milligrams testosterone? Could be a neurosteroid related. No, some people just get that effect. I mean, your brain has uh, a luteinizing hormone and chorionic gonadotropin receptors as well. And if you overstimulate that with HCG, it could be that you get the anxiety through that pathway. I haven't really found any clinical evidence that supports that people get anxiety on HCG or explaining the reason why. But maybe your neuroserved uh, levels in the brain get super physiological, but not super physiological on blood work, um, even though they pass the blood-brain barrier. So... Maybe you go to 250 IOS HCG three times a week to sustain testicular function and then use 200 milligrams testosterone to bring your testosterone levels to the top of the reference range or slightly super physiological. Maybe you need to go with a low and effective dose of both so you don't have anxiety and the benefits of both. Oprah TV posted the stats. Um, where? I don't see it. I don't see it. Did you use a word that is blocked by the spam filter? If it goes through, um, yeah, I don't see it, buddy. Can you please post it again? I don't want to give you your money's worth because you're super chatting twice now. So please post it again. Sorry. A McRoyal with cheese. Man, Kuna burgers are the best. Um, for you guys, did you guys watch that um, from Dust Till Dawn television series? There's three seasons. They go to the Kuna Burger all the time. <laughs> it's uh, it's a great series, by the way, from Dust Till Dawn uh, season one to three. It's uh, it's great. I can highly recommend it. Deepak, any advice on increasing FSH after PCT? My LH is five, and my FSH is zero point eight. And prolactin is 25 nanograms per milliliter, total testosterone 750, blood work after doing PCT for five weeks. My cycle was 500 testosterone, anthate, and 20 milligrams anivar. Um, no, it seems that your pituitary hypothalamus signaling was recovering, but maybe it's not sufficient. So maybe you need to look into gonadorelin, right? Uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone mimetic, or something like kispeptin 10, which generally doesn't really work, but some people swear by it, or something like... Um, what is it called? Bucerellin, um, right? To stimulate the pituitary gland into the release of follicle-stimulating hormone a little bit further, or maybe run uh, 25 milligrams clomid for another four weeks and see if that brings your FSH levels up and your luteinizing hormone levels as well. Maybe you need a little bit longer than the PCT that you did with regards to blocking the estrogen receptors, right? Four to five weeks, retest it, see where your levels are at, and then hopefully your FSH levels will stay uh, elevated. And if that's not the case, um, man, I honestly don't know. Usually, from all the blood work that I've seen, if LH comes up, FSH levels come up as well, or vice versa, right? They usually come up comparatively maybe with a 10, 20% deviation. So maybe you need some more time or maybe you need to block the estrogen receptors a little bit longer or maybe you need to stimulate the gonadotropin hormone, releasing hormone receptors on the pituitary glands with kispeptin 10 or uh, some of the, um, you know, gonadotropin memetics. The VHS days. Yeah, those were the good days. Yeah, good old days. Oh, a lot of super chats coming in now. Okay, guys, I'm going as fast as possible. 350 milligrams uh, testosterone, 190 milligrams Primo per week, estradiol 20 picograms per milliliter, testosterone uh, 2,320 uh, 2, nanograms per deciliter, 
fucking sweet. Bring test up to 400. I think it will be enough to bring Estradel levels to more favorable range. Well, you're increasing it with 30%. You're keeping your Primo dose the same. So based on this increase, I would say you can expect a 30% increase in your Estradiol levels. And that would mean, whipping out my calculator here off screen, 20 times 1.3 is 26. Maybe you need to drop your Primo to 150 <laughs> to bring it up to... Uh, that's a reduction of 25%. So that's uh, 1.25. Let's say 32. Okay, now we're better. Yeah, 400 tests, 150 primo. Report back to us in a couple weeks. Bossy. Nice. How to prevent gyno on cycle? Is it a simple matter of doing blood work and keeping estrogen in a range? Yes, and also keeping your uh, prolactin in a range and your progesterone or minimizing the use of progestogenic 19 nors or anadrol so compound selection um you know plays a role keeping your lipid level or not lipid levels keeping your estrogen and prolactin levels in range plays a role growth hormone has some overlap with the prolactin receptors so don't overdo that and um yeah and then there's always a novodex or raloxifene even though those are not very sustainable to run the entire way through on cycle because of um, side effects, which are multitude. So, right, prevention is the best cure. Do your blood work frequently. Uh, avoid certain compounds which can exacerbate gynecomastia, and you should be okay. Aberrain test, uh, testosterone enthate from uh, anabolic pharmacies raises my uh, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. Yeah, that's because apparently Aberrain testosterone from Iran contains arachis oil. Unfortunately, so even though they don't mention it on the package and not on the insert, um, from what I've been told, it is Arroches oil. So uh, if it raises your C-reactive protein levels, throw it in the trash or don't order it again and order something else. Ended my deca cycle six weeks ago, but I've been having uh, sensitive nips, tiny balls behind one nip. Yeah, so gynecomastia is already there. During the cycle, I had no sides. Uh, Help, Steve. So it could be that um, after coming off cycle, you get some sort of estrogen rebound because you discontinued the aromatase inhibitors and the use of tamoxifen or clomid was not substantial enough to prevent estrogen from surging post-cycle and thus you, um, you know, created a little bit of gyno. Or on cycle, you were, um, or you were on a deca cycle of six weeks. Yeah, so you didn't use Mastrone. So yeah, the deck is probably still active and causing an estrogen increase. So maybe you need to go, um, you know, use some tamoxifen to block the estrogen receptors for a little bit longer. Keep in mind that nandrolone takes weeks to metabolize. So you need to, uh, you know, let the deck metabolize for a while and, and use an aromatized inhibitor to keep your estrogen levels suppressed and maybe use tamoxifen alongside of that to block the estrogen receptors and slowly but steadily restore uh, pituitary functioning. So yeah, if, it, if it's really, really bad, you need gyno, or you need gyno surgery, and even 120 milligrams raloxifene per day will only shrink your gyno by half. It won't resolve it, it will just shrink it by half, and it might come back um, you know, to normal size a little bit later, because once the tissue is formed, the only way to get rid of it is with surgery. Mm. Hydration, guys very important 
How was the experiment with the Increlex Mescarine? Yes. <laughs> Man, that's not how you spell it. Mescarine, right? Uh, progressed after Japanese holiday. Do you feel that you're already getting a clear benefit from it? Yes. Yes, this week was brutal, though, because it took a week off and I got fucking plastered with alcohol in Japan a couple days. Shame on me, but that's what holiday is all about, right? Doing the exact opposite of your lifestyle that you do every single day. No work, no training, no diet. So you do um, holiday, drinking, and uh, well, eating crappy food in Japan. Um, so yeah, I did a complete uh, 180, and then I did a complete 180 when I get back. I started my Increlex the day I got back. I started training again this week. I got four workouts in. I didn't lose any strength, but I'm sore as shit. Uh, I got, let's see, how many more weeks left? One, two, three. Let's say four weeks of gains. Um, I'm going to keep my food intake to a bare minimum. I'm going to do cardio and uh, recomp the best I can. And then discontinue the Increlex, obviously, when I go to the United States. Um, and then hopefully lose a little bit of this water retention that I uh, have right now. And then uh, make a miraculous comeback by the time I get to the Olympia. <laughs> at least, uh, fingers crossed. But so far, so good. I'll update you guys at the end of this month. Right? I already did that update video when I went to Japan. So, um, yeah. That's the way to do it. Uh, Oprah or TV, if you send the link, YouTube will block it. Yeah, so maybe you're putting something in uh, your um, comments that are blocked, and that way I can't see the stats that you were giving. Thoughts on Sri Vinkatesh Pharma Company? I have no idea what that is. Sri Vinkatesh, never heard of it. Let's see. What are your thoughts on test on Decunate for TRT? Uh, I'm in the UK and the NHS offers gel or nabido every 10 weeks. I'm not loving the gel, by the way, to be truthful. Yeah. Um, if you can get your test and decanate in their own hands, in the form of nabido, a 4 milliliter ampule, transfer that to a sterile vial and start microdosing over these 10 weeks. And then on the black market, you source a little bit of testosterone inotate to complement your prescription on top, and then you discontinue the testosterone inotate, let's say four weeks before you're going in for blood work, or four weeks when you go in for a refill, so you can show that everything is uh, where it's supposed to be on your uh, TRT prescription of Nibido. But yeah, don't let them administer four milliliters in one go. Say you want to microdose by yourself, say you can do your own administrations, it's not too cumbersome. Put that four milliliters of Nabito into a sterile vial. Draw, um, you know, with an insulin syringe for daily microadministrations or every other day. And then spread that four milliliters or thousand milligrams of uh, testosterone undecinate out over 10 weeks, which whipping out my calculator off screen. I should just keep it on hand, right? 1,000 divided by 10 is 100 milligrams per week. <laughs> oh. It's good to start, but it's not not good to make gains. So, um, yeah, do yourself a favor and start sourcing a little bit of uh, testosterone inotate on the black market. And then what you do is uh, let's uh, you need t another 100 milligrams per week. So let me whip out the calculator again. Over 10 weeks, you need another 1,000 milligrams. So that's 4 milliliters of testosterone inotate. Right, so you mix the four milliliters of Nabito with the four mil. I should have known this. The concentration is 250 milligrams for one milliliter. It's late. 
I'm embarrassed. Okay, four milliliters nibido, four milliliters testosterone, anything. You whip that up into a sterile vial. You shake it vigorously, and then you inject uh, enough for 200 milligrams per week, which is uh, fuck. I still have to whip out my calculator. You super chatted me five pounds. So I want to do this right. Okay, so we have uh, 250. No, 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 no. 200 divided by 250 is 0 0.8 milliliters per week divided by 7 is 0 0.11 milligra uh, milliliters per day or uh, 28.6 milligrams testosterone annotate undecinate mix per day for 200 milligrams per week times 7 yeah 200 all right yeah use timestamps to watch this segment a couple times so you know what you're getting yourself into <laughs> Um, Screddy, keep going hypoglycemic after my post-workout meal. Pancreas ultrasounds clear, just on HRT, no insulin or GH. So the glycemic load of the carbohydrates that you take post-workout is too high. You get too much of an insulin response, or you probably eat sweet potatoes, which has an acute insulin response because you cook the sweet potatoes to the point you get, you know, the starch carbohydrates break down into simple sugars. And then this insulin response is so great for the amount of starchy carbs, which are now slowly being digested, that you go hypo. So you need to switch your uh, carb sources around. The same thing happens when you cook oatmeal. But if you cook regular potatoes or regular rice, or you don't cook your oatmeal, then this shouldn't happen. right? Or you should avoid the berberine, which you might take during any point in the day. And otherwise, you need to mix your protein or your carb sources a little bit or buffer your carb sources with a fatty protein source like salmon or beef, for example, right? Mix some food sources around and then eventually you should um, get a normal glycemic response. Ah, there we are. Uproar. My testosterone dose is 120 milligrams testosterone in a day per week. 250 IOS HEG every two days. 50 milligrams DHEA every day. 10 milligrams pregnant alone every day. It's hard to keep my dick hard. <laughs> oh, maybe dick was blocked. <laughs> maybe that was the one. Uh, I'm going to meet my girl next week. Testosterone levels is 13 nanograms per deciliter. Progesterone 0 0.5 nanograms per liter. Uh, what about your prolactin levels? Right? Maybe it's a prolactin that is elevated. So... Your, your estradiol levels could be elevated as well. Maybe that's the reason why your um, libido in your erectile quality isn't the greatest. So I'm not exactly sure where that is. Maybe you need a little bit of an aromatized inhibitor. But again, do your blood work to check where your estrogen levels are at currently. If you're on this stack and you're not on an aromatized inhibitor, add that in first. That will bring your estrogen levels and your prolactin levels down. Uh, if you want to keep your dick harder after that, uh, look into Cabergoline for an occasional administration of 0.25 milligrams Cabergoline, uh, let's say, on the day of activity. And then look into 500 micrograms Cimax internationally, morning and evening, with 20 IUs, up to 100 IUs oxytocin for um, increased libido, or increased erectile quality, um, uh, increased erectile thickness. Man, if you can take like 5 milligrams a DHT powder sublingually from uh, Purple Panda Labs or Red Raccoon uh, Labs, um, right? Uh, either or. Uh, yeah, you're in for a wild ride, and so is your girl. And you have a week to get that fixed. So hopefully you can uh, get that express shipped 
And otherwise, um, your source might have some cabergoline and aromacin. I think you can uh, get yourself fixed with that quite fast. Any tips for training with Elner's Dunlos syndrome? I have no idea what that is. Let me Google it. Elner's. I like how people ask me like uh, questions that I uh, uh, should know, even though I'm here about steroids. I'm not a doctor. Okay. Uh, a group of disorders affected your connective tissue, primarily your skin joints and skin vessels. So it's a uh, connective tissue has. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm not qualified or knowledgeable enough to give you an answer. My sincere apologies. Please consult with the physician who is knowledgeable about this subject. Forgot to type the question at donation. Question is up. Thanks. Okay. Uh, let me scroll up. Let me scroll up. Mm, there we are. I'm extremely sensitive to steroids. Send them to me. <laughs> I'll stock them for you and take them when my wife is pregnant. Did one test and stopped at eight weeks. Uh, a, a, a trial of testosterone, I'm assuming. I just want to look good for vacation four times a year. Tell me an oral only cycle to pair with diet. Enjoy the shake. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much appreciated. That $5 shake will go. A very long way. Um, the problem is if you are sensitive to steroids, it doesn't matter if you do an oral only cycle, you will still get some sort of response. So maybe try HCG monotherapy first, 250 IOs three times a week. And again, everything you need to know about the first cycle will drop next week. I did multitude of videos over the last two days and I'm splitting that up so everybody knows what they're getting themselves into. Of course, there's a first video with a laundry list of disclaimers, so you know exactly what is going to happen and what you need to pay extra special attention to, all the prerequisites for a first cycle. So if you want an oral-only cycle because you don't want to inject and you think you're sensitive to steroids, but in reality you're just sensitive to injections, 25 milligrams enclomiphene, 20 milligrams uh, Anivar, or 20 milligrams um, Osterine if you're a quitter. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Or Andriol, oral uh, testosterone and decinate 150 milligrams per day. But yeah, you know, there's there's multitude of ways to skin the cat. TRT is still the best way to do it, all things considering. And uh, I don't believe in oral only cycles because it's a lot of burden on the liver. And they're simply not as effective as a testosterone base plus an oral. So, you know, think about it carefully. That's what I would say. Mm, let's scroll down. I think it's I talked about erection. Yeah, some of the words are just blocked. So if you talk about uh, penises or dicks or erections or uh, other slang, YouTube might filter it. I might have to filter on on like medium or something like that. So any dick jokes, you're going to have to get creative with D1CK or P3N1S. Right or three R three C T one zero N. Right, get creative. <laughs> P a dick penis erections. That was what I was meaning. We're surely demonetized now with all the dick jokes. Thanks. Phase velocity free T three six point five picograms per milliliter. I don't know the reference range. Please include it, guys. I don't. I 
can't remember all the reference ranges off the top of my head. So I don't know if that's high or low, but your TSH is low, so I'm assuming that your uh, free T3 is high. Um, that one I do remember. Free T3 17.6 picograms per milliliter, hypothyroid uh, symptoms, any experience with the situation or T3 resistance. Uh, I, I don't know what the reference ranges are in this. In the, I, I, I can't remember. Please include them in a further uh, question down below. Um, and, and include your reverse T3 and your uh, thyroid peroxidase levels. And if you haven't checked those, please go check them and then ask next week. Any advice on how to lower albumin creatinine ratio? Mine came back at 49 micrograms per milliliter. EGFR was in range only on TRT, 150 milligrams per week, 500 IELTS, HEG, Mono Wednesday, Friday at the moment. Uh, drink more water. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to do. Drink more water. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, it's a shame that you had to pay $5 to get that answer. But yeah, it will be well worth it. Yeah, go to four liters, five liters, six liters per day, and everything will resolve itself. If you had to lower uh, estradiol a bit on TRT+, plus, would you use Mastron or Primo or something like Aromacin or Novidex? I want to keep some, obviously, for health. Gracias. I mean, any, any way will work. I mean, go with what your preference is. I, I can't decide this for you. All of them will lower your estradiol. Mastron will exacerbate hair loss. Um, and make you slightly flat. Primaballin will potentiate more hair, uh, anabolism, but also exacerbate hair loss. Aromacin might uh, worsen your lipids, but not to the extent that Mastron and Primaballin will do. Um, and Novadex might uh, improve your lipids, lower your estradiol, but also increase your crawling risk and lower your IGF-1 levels and raise your liver enzymes. So uh, pick your poison and um, uh, go right ahead. If you were me, I would go with Primo, hands down. TRT plus, 150 tests, 100 to 150 Primo, job done. Nice and anabolic, 250 milligrams of anabolic compounds in the mix. TRT plus to the max, and you would look fucking good as a result of it. First ever cycle. I want to do 250 milligrams testosterone every six days for 14 weeks. My PCT really necessary in my case. Yes. Yes, 14 weeks will be shut down. Split up your dose to 125 milligrams of testosterone every three days for more serum, stable serum levels. Or if you can, daily microadministration, subcutaneous for the most stable serum levels so you don't need an aromatized inhibitor, potentially, or otherwise dynomethane and calcium deglucurate. Um, and yes, you will need a PCT because that's long enough to shut your pituitary functioning down. So enjoy the roller coaster that is HCG, Novidex, and Clomid. No free rides. And if you don't want to do a PCT, uh, stay on cycle. <laughs> Indefinitely. Let's see. Uh, so, Hantana, what's been your favorite Asian vacation destination for the wifey so far? Um, let's see. I like Bali a lot, yeah, because we chilled. Like in Japan, I did so much. Um, I think this is the first 500 baht donation that I got. <laughs> uh, as a quick reminder, Sohan um, saved my life when I uh, found out all of my HCG was bunk. So Sohan is a very special, vigorous crew member and still paying. 
And you got money flowing out of your asshole, probably. <laughs> nice on you. So I will answer this in depth. Um, if you like leisure, go to Bali. Really, watch that Bali video. It was great. If you like activity, um, go to Vietnam. You can do a lot of cool stuff there. And it's a lot closer to Thailand. And your money will go a lot further away. You can go to Halong Bay. You can go uh, to Sabah. Beautiful rice paddies if you go at the rice time. You can take the train um, and just watch the scenery come by. The coastline scenery of Vietnam is beautiful. You can go to Fukok Island. A beautiful island, or at least it was 12 years ago. Um, man, there's so much cool stuff to do in Vietnam. And the people are very inviting, very friendly. The food is great. Um, I would choose Vietnam over Japan unless you want to do high roller stuff. Then Japan is great. Spending money in Kobe on Kobe beef, fantastic. Going to uh, Disneyland Sea in Tokyo or Universal in Osaka and visiting Super Nintendo Land, absolutely fantastic. Uh, stuffing your face with a Kaiten sushi at the conveyor sushi place, uh, which is still reasonably affordable, absolutely great. Uh, I wouldn't say that Japan is good for shopping. I didn't really find anything there, but of course, um, you know the yeah, you know the, the the scenery is also very very nice, you know the architecture, uh, but the people aren't very inviting unless they're blastingly drunk in the middle of the night. Uh, what else can you do? China, nah, Hong Kong, maybe a couple of days. Uh, walking around the peak is nice, but I, I think the mainland China, Chinese people in Hong Kong are a little bit obnoxious, spitting in front of your, uh, you know, when you're walking, coughing in your face, that kind of stuff, Ooh, nasty. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, with uh, the China might invading uh, Hong Kong at one point or another, I don't see a reason to go there for international banking. I would rather open up an SHBG account in Singapore, which I have, uh, than opening up an SHBG, uh, no, not SHBG, Jesus Christ. Um, well, what is that bank? SC, not SHPG. <laughs> that bank in uh, that used to open up bank accounts for free. Man, I forgot. <laughs> Man, I'm in total brain fart. HCSB Bank. Is that the one? HSBC. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not SHBG. HSBC. Um, I wouldn't go to Hong Kong to open up an SHBG, S -A -S, fuck, HSBC account when you can do the same in Singapore. So uh, Singapore is nice, also very expensive. Yeah, I would go Bali, go Bali. I had a blast with my wife. Yeah, uh, treat her right, whip your money out, and then you have a good time. All right, where's the next one? Hey, Steve, do I use former grade growth hormone worth it? Yes, it is. Especially if you're on Lantus, 20 to 30 IUs per day. Only good uh, when you're bulking. That much, um, yeah, I would only say if you're bulking. As you know, Pharmagrade GH is not cheap. I'm now 265 pounds, 14% body fat plus. I haven't used GH or insulin before. Um, if you're already on that much Lantus, I would definitely add in a little bit of Pharmagrade growth hormone, you know, before activity and then to help raise your IGF-1 levels. So, you know, give that a try. It's, it's two I use growth hormone. Yeah, it might set you back like eight to $10 per day. I mean, it's almost $300 per month. It is quite expensive. And in that sense, uh, you know, 20 to 30 I use of Lantus and maybe, let's see how much is that? That might be, no, no that's not sure. You, you pay like a hundred dollars 
for 1500 IUs, so that's uh, $100 divided by, is that 1500? Yeah, five pins of 300 IUs times 30. Yeah, you pay like $2. Yeah, so it's, and that's times 30, that's $60 versus $300. But if you can do both, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> I would do it. Yeah, I would do it. Next one, Kelsey. Do you have experience for track athletes? Specific improvements with supplements and PDs, what is already, uh, what is best? Already watched videos like GW uh, Limited Anadrol. Already watched video, I like. All right, so you already watched the performance enhancing drug videos for endurance athletes, I'm assuming. Uh, limited Anadrol, Halo, and Speed and Strength. Um, TRT, man, dude, I covered all of this in the endurance videos. Really, I covered all of this. So for track athletes specifically, a low dose of TRT, maybe HG monotherapy to bring your testosterone levels up slightly, maybe a little bit of um, Anavar or Halotestin for explosive power or Anadrol. Again, limited days, maybe two or three days maximum. GW156 for sure for uh, improved endurance. And then combine that with something um, like like some of these Russian uh, compounds that shouldn't uh, that can be combined with GW one five or six or cycle that maybe you do a, a period of mildronate uh, for three weeks and then you alternate that with GW one five one six. So you know, funny is spamming. Okay, fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. God, I wish I could permaban PDO, uh, people. Eat my dick, funny. <laughs> all right, sorry about that, guys. I can't catch it all when I'm answering questions. Yeah, eat a bag of dick and choke on it. <laughs> all right. Let's see. So we were at, uh, yeah, so basically just regurgitating what's in the videos. And I have a couple more videos dropping. Uh, watch those when they come. Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. What was he spamming about? I think a lot of things got blocked probably by my stream yard. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Where are we? All right, here we are. Guts, my favorite manga character. Hey, Steve, any experience with MGF, pigelated MGF for weak body parts? If you do know how, would it be used? Access to the pigelated MG, uh, Mechanical Growth Factor Virgin. Uh, virgin, not virgin. Okay, so I've uh, talked to a lot of people that used it and everybody came to the same conclusion. Uh, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> doesn't fucking work i've tried i think i've tried mgf a couple years ago i can't even remember like if if something doesn't work i don't i don't remember it uh but if it works it'll remember i mean i got some results from igf1 this igf1 lr3 i got better results compared to this but mgf pinchulated mgf um i know i've tried a couple different sources i've talked to people who've tried sources and nobody said that it worked, um, you know, for the price. So I'm sorry, can't really help you there. 
Uh, I included it in my IGF1 ebook, but I can't for the life of me remember the dose. It's probably anywhere between 50 to 250 micrograms uh, post workout, right? Because even PyGF or PyTelated um, uh, MGF1 has a short half life, and PyGF uh, MGF1 has a half life, what was it, 15 to 20 minutes? Again, I can't really remember. It's been such a long time. Um, yeah, be on the lookout for Incorlex. At least that works. Uh, uh, uh. All right, here we are. He was warned. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that happens, guys. My bad. And if he comes back, then, uh, yeah, I'll have to block him every five minutes. Unfortunately, you can't promo bulk people through um, StreamYard. All right, Iron Grid, what's up? Steve, you should consider making some long-term subs active people who follow the streams constantly mods so they can take care of spammers or something. Can you do that? You can do that through uh, StreamYard. Like, I, I'm streaming through StreamYard, right? I have OBS to give myself a nice U, um, which finally I figured it out. Uh, I haven't figured out the audio yet, but um, at least nobody is uh, complaining. I didn't. I don't know if you can have mods. Um but yeah, I'm only showing things on the screen that I want to show on the screen. So when this video is live, um, you just go with the timestamps, what you want to watch back. And uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, there's dickheads on the planet. <laughs> what can you do? You know, what can you do? Uh, genocide? I'll get canceled for that. So yeah, we can all imagine. All right, Murad wants to volunteer for being a mod. I'll look into it. I'll see if I can make some people mods, but I'm not even aware you can make people mods on the chat. Gaz, people are goats. Or uh, what is it? Uh, Steve and Derek are the goats. Thank you. I should be able to. Okay, we'll look into it. And then uh, we'll hope to get that fixed. Uh, op uproar TV. Uh, like I said, I'm going to meet my girl in one week. I don't have anything special on hand, Max, etc. Can I shoot 300 milligrams testosterone in a day two days before and 100 milligrams of trend? Maybe stupid, but could that elevate my libido for four days? Uh, it, it kind of depends on your estrogen and prolactin levels, right? So without your estrogen and prolactin levels, I can't give you the proper advice. So if you have a weak time, maybe that's enough time to kind of get that checked. You could try 100 milligrams of train. You could try like mega dosing L-tyrosine to increase your dopamine levels, uh, if you can get that. Or, or again, K-brugaline to bring your prolactin levels down. But right without adequate uh, insight into your blood work parameters, you're just shooting in the dark. And you know, when in doubt, whenever you get your hands on, uh, try all, which could, could make you, um, uh, get a good outcome, but it's also very likely that it could make your libido even worse. And then, uh, yeah, then I really don't know what to do, you know? So see what you can get your hands on, make the most informed decision you can with, uh, you know, the uh, recommendations I give you so far. And then uh, uh, yeah, pull the plug based on your own informed decision, because I can't do it from you. You click on their names. Yeah, I, I'm clicking on the names, but I'm on StreamYard. Right? That's why you see this overlay so nicely. Uh, let's see, fuckers. Let me go to the YouTube stream. All right. If my internet connection fails, then you know why. Right. Block this. 
you click on their names all right so iron grids was the one who wanted to mod status right all right funny hide user from this channel and he's gone funny not funny all right iron grids Put yours in time. Oh, wrong one. Add as a moderator. Uh, manage block wars. Can change chat mods in live. Also has the capacities to standard moderators. Review and remove chat messages. And put users in timeout. Okay. Uh, Iron Grids. You are now a mod. Welcome to the Vigorous Crew next level. Uh, please contact me on Instagram. And we'll figure something out. And uh, because I don't like to uh, make people work for free. I mean, Alvero, JD, who does the timestamps, gets compensated too. So you are now a mod. Contact me on Instagram after this, and then uh, we'll figure something out. Um, because I like to reward people that are uh, in the inner circle. And no, I'm not taking any more mods. <laughs> Mod position is now filled. All right, don't use your power. Otherwise, we'll come down on with a vengeance. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> where are we? There, uh, where are we? Uh, here, David Fry. Steve, can you tell me what you know about methyl testosterone? Why does it convert to methyl estradiol? Any more liver toxicity than usual, and it makes max length of usage. Um, well, methyl testosterone is methylated, and through aromatization, it doesn't convert into regular estradiol. It converts into methyl estradiol. I mean. Um, the anabol is basically methylated, methylated uh, boldenone, just like uh, superdrol is methylated mastrone. But methylated mastrone, superdrol, doesn't convert into methyl estradiol or estradiol because it's a dihydrotestosterone derivative, albeit methylated. But boldenone, uh, methylated, can convert it to estradiol in the form of the anabol. Thus, you get methyl estradiol. So right some compounds convert into this and that uh, depending on their chemical structure it's more liver toxic because it methylated uh, not all methylated oral steroids have uh, more liver toxicity because they bypass the first pass over the liver of the liver uh, maximum length of usage kind of depends on how you how well you manage your liver enzymes and your overall blood work parameters so i don't think the methyl test is superior to testosterone or other methylated oral steroids so uh, why use it that has been discontinued as a uh, oral um, testosterone replacement therapy uh, protocol same as the anabol is no longer approved for testosterone replacement therapy or hormone or androgen deficiency therapy but testosterone is so why would go why go why not go with the bioidentical compound in the form of actual testosterone um and if you want to have something methylated go with superdrol dude <laughs> at least it's uh, fucking strong all right, Uproar TV. Prolactin is in the middle of the reference range and estradiol is 80 picograms per milliliter. Like I said, testosterone is 300. I can provide... Okay, so your estradiol is too high. Take some fucking aromacin and everything will resolve itself. 25 milligrams to start, maybe 25 milligrams in three days. Really crush your estradiol levels. Take 1,000 milligrams of calcium deglucrate to help speed up estrogen metabolism because 25 milligrams of aromacin over the next week, twice... Uh, will only prevent further conversion of testosterone into estradiol and the estradiol which is currently present 
is high. You need to clear and speed up the metabolism with calcium deglucrate. If you can't get that, too bad. That's the best advice I can give you. If you want to put trimblone on top, your prolactin levels will surely shoot up because your estrogen levels are so high that you get additional prolactin secretion from the progestogenic 19-nor, activating the progesterone receptor on the uh, on the pituitary with your estrogen levels being that high, and you might even cause gynecomastia. So don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah, and otherwise you postpone the girl for a week until you get your shit resolved. Growasi. All right. $3 or 3 euros here. Here's your question. First cycle, I want to do 300 milligrams of test, 300 milligrams of Primo. Is it too aggressive or can it be bumped to 400, 400? Yes, it's too aggressive. And next week I will drop a whole laundry list of videos about first cycles, how you structure that, what you need to pay attention to, how to start adding in compounds. You start with tests first, maybe 250 milligrams per week. Give that four weeks, see how you respond, then add in the HCG for testicular function. Give that four to eight weeks, see how you respond, add in the neurosteroids, see how you respond, then maybe add in Turinabol or Primabolin later on because you need to see how you respond to a bioidentical hormones and testicular function intact before you add in the Primo. It sucks, it takes a long time. Feel free to go ahead with this cycle. It's not the end of the world if you start doing it, but my ultimate recommendations would be to follow the recommendations which I will give in those videos and which I just mentioned briefly. Yeah. Do I think you'll get a terrible response from 300 tests and 300 Primo if it's pharmaceutical? No, I don't think so. You'll get post-injection pain and you get a tremendous anabolic response. Uh, maybe some acne, maybe some hair loss, but it's not going to be the end of the world if you do it. But still, it, it is not the ideal way to start a first cycle. But thank God you're not doing an oral-only cycle, so at least you score some points doing test and primo in a one-to-one -one ratio. Jason, on 50 micrograms T4, my TSH is still a little bit high, 2.8. It, it's not a little bit too high. It's not too high, guys. Fuck, man. It's... The information some people put out there, you really got to fucking undo at one point. Jesus fucking Christ. It's not too high. People have normal thyroid levels their entire lives, around 2.5 to 4, and they don't have goiter, they don't have thyroid enlargement, they don't have thyroid nodules, they don't have thyroid cancer. Jesus Christ. It's fine. It's fucking fine. Relax. If you want to lower it a little bit, go to 100 micrograms T4. And even then, your TSH might still be 2.5. He doesn't want to give me more. Okay, source it on the underground lab. If you want to add in 50 micrograms because you want to lower it by yourself, um, go for it. Go for it. And if that's not enough, go to 150 micrograms. And if that's not enough, go to 50 micrograms T4 and 25 micrograms T3, right? Take matters into your own hands if your doctor is not uh, willing to do what you want to do with your own body. It's your your body, your decision, your responsibility. Um, go right ahead. But if you're, you know, hypothyroid, your T3 levels are low, maybe you're just iodine deficient. Maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe you're not getting enough selenium into your diet to help with deiodinization through the deiodinase enzymes of T4 to T3, right? It's not just about the thyroid hormones. It's also about your lifestyle. I'd gained 80 pounds before he even gave me T4. 
well that's uh yeah you don't gain 80 pounds just from a thyroid deficiency that's also from food can hcg cause anxiety yes i just answered that <laughs> first time i've ever had anxiety was using uh, 500 ios for three days in a row i know i fucked up but it lasted for a few weeks also not uh, long all right he came off four months on 500 tests 250 milligrams of primo uh yeah can cause anxiety so maybe you'll need to lower the dose to 250 ios three times a week and if that still gives you anxiety then then you know maybe you need inclomiphene monotherapy to increase your lh and fsh levels right there's a multitude of things you can do to sustain your testicular function um and if one drug makes you feel weird look into another drug every drug comes with its own list of side effects and you'll have to outweigh which side effects are worth it to you um in the long term so if you get bad anxiety but inclomiphene feels makes you feel better go with that you might be having clotting risks or reduced igf1 levels or increased liver enzymes i mean i sound like a broken record it sounds like i answer these questions like multiple times but i'll gladly take your money <laughs> kelsey two bucks any questions with that i don't see it oh here it is do you have specific improvement times etc i'll pay consultation what are you if you have experience experience about what i see a two two dollar donation i don't see any questions please clarify guys put in a little bit of work you're paying the money put in a little bit of work so i can at least understand what you're talking about <laughs> But yeah, I, have, I probably can help you during consultations. Uh, Albert TV, oh man, he's so problematic. I have calcium diglucrate, taking 500 milligrams every day. Okay, bumped it up to 1,000. So with aromacin, 25 milligrams, two times work. Normally, uh, even if I take ACG 250 IELTS every two days, should I change something? Um, I would keep the ACG in because it usually helps with libido, but you need to crush your estradiol. If you really want to go haphazard, take the ACG out for a week, Keep the aromacin in 25 milligrams two times a week. Bump up the calcium diglucrate to 2,000 milligrams for fuck's sake. Why the fuck not? Right, they're already making a pretty uh, drastic changes. But I can't promise you that your libido will be better. I can't. You have a weak time. Um, you know, it might not be enough. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to resolve. So give it a try and hopefully everything will play out. But I'm not entirely sure if it will. And otherwise, just explain it to the girl. But, dude, you know, sometimes you just got to pull the plug and man the fuck up. And even if your dick isn't really working, you go to town so hard with your mouth that it doesn't really matter if your dick is not getting uh, to par. Uh, because you already came a couple times before you slide in. Yeah. Take it from a pro. <laughs> I have a sweet mouth. Or so I've been told. All right, Kelsey. Track. Uh, dude, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Put it into one, formulate it correctly, so I can answer your fucking question. <laughs> Face velocity, uh, T3, 6.8, uh, on a range from 3 to 6.5. Okay, so you're high. And thyroid peroxidase is 12 uh, kilojoules per liter uh, below 35, um, on a range from 35. All right, now I have to scroll up again because I can't remember what the fuck your question was. Uh, uh, 
Uh, where the fuck is it? Oh, here it is. All right, free T3 is out of the reference range. Thyroid stimulatory hormone is low. Free T3 is, uh, I guess, normal. Hypothyroid symptoms, any experience with the situation or T3 resistance. Yeah, that could be T3 resistance because your T is, T3 is high. It could be that your reverse T3 is pretty high as well. And um, honestly, I have no idea how to resolve that because that's not something that I'm specialized in. So my sincere apologies, you have to pay it for this twice. Feel free to retract your super chats because I'm not experienced in T3 resistance and I have no idea why you experience hypothyroid symptoms, uh, which I'm assuming you have dry skin um, hair loss, uh, let's see, a low body temperature, and that kind of stuff. Right? That would be my assumption. Maybe do a genetic analysis to see if that's actually the case. Or a look into cofactors which help regulate your thyroid. But off the top of my head, I'm not entirely sure. So my sincere apologies, I can't help you there. All right, scrolling all the way down. Mm -mm -mm. let's see all right thanks so much for helping i really appreciate it okay i hope um i hope you get lucky dude <laughs> fuck uh this is better for consultations to be honest uh jason i wasn't eating great but my body got super fucked ever i got COVID. okay that's a co-factor that makes you uh you know get a lot of uh body weight again if you're eat, not eating great and you got long hauler syndrome and you're laying on the couch eating like a butthole i was getting weight super fast thanks for the advice okay so increase your thyroid meds get back on the lifestyle even if you have long hauler syndrome there's ways around that look into fluvoxamine um, that's now being used for uh, long hauler syndrome. Carnitine helps tremendously. Also helps with fat loss. So get your back, uh, get your ass off the couch. Get active. Do self prescribed um, uh, thyroid medication, and then uh, fix everything accordingly. Vicarian SK, why run 2.4 IUS growth hormone instead of 2 or 3? Is it a special ratio? I recall you saying your current protocol is 2.4 IUS. I read some scientific literature that 1.2 is the highest effective dose for fat loss. So I take 1.2 IUS before fast cardio and before the workouts or before bed on rest days. And then I take all my Incrolex before bed. Um, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, the scientific literature tells me to, but I would have no problem taking two IUs or three IUs. And if I accidentally uh, inject the whole vial, uh, I would have no problems with that as well because I have vials uh, and that's cartridges aplenty. Yeah. AP came through with his Serranos. <laughs> Man, here again. Last question. I, wanna, I don't want to bother you. What is CHF? I, I want to see what this currency is to us dollar swiss francs all right you're doing 10 swiss francs oh jesus christ dude you you should have done a consultation man like you do like two dollars ten uh, ten swiss francs um dude you probably paid like 100 bucks over the last, <laughs> last couple of questions i thought it was like some arbitrary currency with a low denomination all right dude just do personalized advice by email or something for next time yeah I'll be able to help you within 24 hours with plenty of time to spare. So, yeah. 
sometimes these these kind of questions warrant a personalized service um all right let's see as you mentioned aromacin uh, would it block the conversion instead of lowering my estrogen yeah so the calcium deglucurate at a high dose 2000 milligrams per day would uh, lower your estrogen and blocking the further conversion of estrogen or testosterone into estradiol and perhaps lowering or removing the hcg dose for the next week will prevent estrogen um, from backfilling or raising rising any further so blocking further conversion of testosterone into estradiol um, and removing the acg will lower your estradiol levels and then you take the calcium deglucurate to promote estrogen excretion and then fingers crossed you can get your dick hard over the next week no more super chats now i've taken enough of your money go forth and multiply all right richard bell steve do you think it would be a bad idea to inject melanotan sub-q to get better skin while on accutane uh i don't know if there's a drug interaction there uh but melatonin sub-q that seems to be the way to go so you prevent the flushing and the nausea or at least reduce it a little bit um i don't know if there's an overlap there not through the receptor pathway let's google it i love to google stuff accutane melanotan miracle drug for post accutane users melanotel 2 it's uh, apparently there's an um a whole thread on acne.org okay do yourself a favor type in uh accutane melatonin in um in google and then read the top result <laughs> that's what i would do but I, I have no answer to your question i don't think there's an overlap but there might be vicarian on 250 milligrams testosterone plus 1.2 ius growth hormone for hrt i might start uh, going off plan and try primo what would be a good starting dose for hrt plus and a good dose if i choose to blast uh, match your testosterone primo so 250 milligrams of primo per week take your aromatase inhibitor out you doubled the amount of steroids that you're on um you probably don't need an aromatase inhibitor and then the anabolic gain train can get started feel free to increase your hcg or uh, uh, growth hormone to three ius and then you're on a very nice hrt plus protocol bordering on a cycle actually it's a steroid cycle let's be honest it's a steroid cycle um so uh yeah that would be my uh, way to go and if you feel that that's too high you want to stay conservative 150 tests 150 primo uh, to get your hands dirty on this one-to-one -one ratio it's not that much of an anabolic increase or go to 200 test 200 primo right i know figure it out and whatever you decide stick with it for six to eight weeks do your blood work see where you're at and then after maybe 12 weeks 16 weeks when you stop making gains on that protocol go to 375 test or three and, and 375 primo and maybe four i use a growth hormone right incremental changes build it up slowly to make the gains nice and steadily oh shit it's already 225 oh look at the look at the time we have five minutes left all right did i forget any super chats uh yeah i'm a little bit confused about kelsey as i have no idea what the fuck you're asking <laughs> were you one asking about the endurance stack uh let's see was it maybe 
I don't know, man. I answered so many questions, and I got a, a short-term memory of a goldfish. All right, you want to know about track and field experience? I don't. Everything I know about track and field, dude, I put in that in that video. So just give those videos a watch and piece it together. Um, all the drugs I know, I, I put in videos, right? But if you need every anything personalized, uh, personalized advice by email. It, this is not really the right place to ask super in-depth questions about your personal situation because we'll have to go through a multitude of different questions to really dial it in. And, um, well, there's 122 other people in the chat throwing super chats at me, which I'm also answering. And then the context of your questions are lost. All right, so maybe personalized services is the way to go. But honestly, all the information is there in the endurance deep dive video series and more to come. Hit the upvoted, guys. Yeah, hit the like button. Uh, I, I just stopped mentioning it because people don't do it. And uh, that's why I'm discouraged. <laughs> Joshua, uh, Nicholas Weir and Colton from Big Paul Channel are going to be in Bangkok next week. Actually, Nicholas is here. The guy's fucking huge. <laughs> you guys have no idea. Um, I think we should do like uh, some sort of uh, Caucasian uh, meat party. Not what you're thinking about. But uh, Nicholas, Colton, Aaron, and uh, maybe a couple other people from Patia. Uh, and me, myself, obviously. We should go out for like some, uh, you, know, uh, you know, destruction at a buffet. I vote for this. I think that's worth an upvote. So um, I'll contact Nick and I'll contact Colton and Aaron and a couple other people from Patty and then maybe next week Wednesday. I think Colton is coming here next week Wednesday. Um, it should be good to meet that guy. I haven't, I, I've been in touch with Colton for years, but I've never got the chance to meet them. And I've, I met him and I feel so guilty for last year. He came to the mutant booth and then I, I was late. <laughs> I was there at like 2 o'clock and he was there at like 11. Or I was there at 12 and he was there at 11. So I missed him. And then in the sea of people, I didn't get a chance to meet him. So Colton, I'll see you next week uh, in a couple of days. And then we should all uh, go eat some uh, food. And maybe we can turn it into a double date because I have a relationship. Aaron has a relationship. Nicholas has a relationship. Colton has a relationship. Bring all the wives. And then we can all um, slay a bunch of meat at the, at the buffet together. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should uh, document that too. That should be fun, right? It should be fun. All right, Steve, you're the best. Stay safe on your trip to the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. is the, probably the most unsafe place that I'm visiting out of all the places that I've visited in my life. Yeah, yeah, weird gun control. Apparently, there's people there that don't like me, so that doesn't help. Um, yeah, so, well... Maybe hire some bodyguards, right, to keep myself safe. I think the trip is going to be horrendous, though. I have to, man, I have a stopover in Beijing. Then I have a four-hour, four-day stopover in Beijing. Then a four-hour stopover in L.A. Then I go to Detroit for two days. And then I can finally, no, I can't even rest there because I have seminars and uh, podcasts in Columbus, Ohio. I can rest when I'm in uh, 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 Las Vegas. And then we're already fuck, 20, 12 days into the trip. I'm going to be more broken than Japan, I'm sure. Yeah, do a little prayer for me, guys. I'm getting old and all this walking and working. Um, uh, yeah, I'm getting distracted by this comment. 
does this uh, is doing a number on me. You guys can storm a ladyboy bar together. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't survive. Yeah, they will probably all get fucked in the ass though. So there's a there's a first for everything, but this is the one that I'm going to abstain from. Yeah, it went in doubt. Ask Tony Huge. I don't think he ever got rimmed though uh, from a lady boy, but yeah, he's he's partook many a time. All right, uh, I think we should wrap it up, guys. Is there anything pressing before we turn uh, into a? Uh... Oh, here's one. D tree. Okay, nips feel sensitive on a thousand IOs HCD three times per week. Estrogen sites. Yes. And maybe prolactin is also elevated. Kind of measure, but I was curious if that's possible. Yes, it's very, very possible that your estrogen is elevated because the nipples don't have HCG receptors, unlike the testicles. So please go do your blood work. Confirm it with blood work before you start throwing in the serums, but maybe already start ordering the tamoxifen or the raloxifene just in case. And then uh, as soon as you get your blood work results back, throw in the Novidix. And if it takes a week to schedule blood work and another week to get the results back because you live in one of those countries where everything's slow as fuck. Not in Thailand where I can go in for blood work in a couple hours and get the results a couple hours later. Nice and sweet, doesn't even cost a lot. This is why we live in Thailand. Colton, Nicholas, Aaron, they know. Well, Colton is uh, loving it here, so I don't think it's going to take too long for him to move over here. He makes his money online. Why the fuck live in the United States when you can live, when you can live in Thailand, um, you know, on pennies to the dollar? So um, do your blood work and, and maybe go on tamoxifen already, 20 milligrams before bed, just in case. It will have some estrogen-lowering estrogen lowering effects from the norindoxifen metabolites. And then uh, do your blood work as fast as possible. Make the adjustments when you get the results. And then hopefully you can continue through life um, gyno free wasn't there a cyber attack in vegas yeah <laughs> yeah i'm probably on my personal data is now um you know with the hackers so uh hopefully they can get that shit resolved every time i look at vegas video there's a, a, a cyber hack or flooding or um other issues it seems like a wild place to me and that's why we're going yeah mgm and caesars were attacked yeah sucks Buy a gun in the United States. Don't be a victim. Uh, don't you need some sort of license for that? Um, you do in Thailand. And I don't think I can bring the license from Thailand to the United States. So uh, is there a way to speed that up? You know, can I pay somebody under the table to buy a gun? It doesn't work like that in the US, right? May only if you're a politician. <laughs> you can pay people under the table to, uh, yeah. Oh, hard for crypto. My super chat, bro. Where is it? Our message is not coming true. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry, bro. I missed it. All right. Thank God I didn't close the chat. <laughs> sorry, dude. My testosterone is below 52 nanomoles per liter. SHBG is 66.2 uh, 6 nanomoles per liter. How much birth control should I take? Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know how, how your estradiol levels are. I want to find out my lowest progestin to estrogen I'm assuming. Um, honestly, with birth control, it's very hard to regulate. So if you can find um, injectable estradiol valerate or um, yeah, estradiol valerate, I would say that that's easier to control than birth control. Um, but fuck, man, I can't remember. I can't remember what the dose was. I think birth control, like half a tablet, so that's, but it's ethanol estradiol, right? 
I can't remember off the top of my head. I know I remember I, I mentioned in the, this in the SHBG video, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while since I recommended birth control, and I would rather have you use um, enclomiphene or clomid to raise your SHBG levels. But you know, sometimes it just there's no way around it. You know, thyroid medications are probably easier to control your uh, SHBG levels upwards than birth control. Estradiol valerate. Look into that. Watch that video. All right, guys, let's close it off. Unless there's something uh, down below. Uh, all right. Done. Okay, guys, let's wrap it up here. Uh, thanks, you guys, so much for joining. My sincere apologies for the previous live stream that turned into a giant clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> I was a little bit tired. And, uh, yeah, in a, in a different state of mind and then answering questions. So... Um, we will uh, continue this for the next couple of weeks until I go to the United States. I do believe that I have good internet connections when I go to the United States. And then I'll, uh, depending on the time zone, I might make some arbitrary changes on when these live streams will take place. But I do plan to continue them um, from different locations from the US and, and maybe China. But China, 14 October, don't count on it because I'll be with my uh, buddy who I also met in uh, Japan, and that is uh, usually a rugged uh, couple of days of uh, debauchery. So, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you in the next Vickers Q&A. Next week, we'll have a ton of videos dropping um, with all kinds of interesting information. And then, uh, hopefully, you guys can uh, give me a like and a comment and a share so we can get this algorithm flowing again because uh, the views were a bit abysmal, I'll tell you that. All right. Peace out. See you guys in the next video.